The Solid 7 Podcast is fueled by Jocko Go. Engineered for anyone who wants to get after it in life, pre-meeting, pre-testing, pre-negotiation, or pre-mission. If you're looking for an extra cognitive or physical edge, Jocko Go is your force multiplier. With 95 milligrams of caffeine and zero sugar, the keto-friendly Jocko Go will give you a physical and cognitive boost without the crash that you experience with average energy drinks. Visit JockoFuel.com today, and you can use our promo code SOLID7, that's S-O-L-I-D-7, to get 10% off your order. Get on the path and get after it. Oh, and because lawyers exist, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, hello, world, and welcome to a Solid 7 Podcast, a better-than-average podcast. If I do say so myself, this is not a show about nothing, but it's also not a show about any one thing. Each week, I like to get together with a guest, talk about whatever is going on in the world that interests us, and hope that it interests you, too. And this week, we're, I mean, happy, I guess, to welcome back illusionist Jason Alvarado. Hello, everyone. Hey, buddy. I'm magically delicious, and I have appeared. Welcome back. Thank you. Happy now, to be back. Uh, last time, when last we heard from you, uh, you had two children. I did. Now you have three. I have three. It's been a big uh, whatever quarter. Yeah, for, al- for you. Almost. Yeah. Something oh yes, like that. of course it has. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, magicians like bunny rabbits, and they do multiply. So here we are. Wow. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. If you need me to explain the burdens of the bees, I can do that He's later. Here all week, or at least until the uh, next episode posts. <laughs> so uh, hopefully we get through this episode. How's newborn life treating you again? It is um, delicious. It is delicious. Actually, it's funny. I I don't know this kid. <laughs> like I haven't done anything. Now I have two yeah. other kids, both under five, and actually no, under six now. My my oldest just turned six. What? And um, I was telling Lauda, my wife, the other day, I was like, baby, I don't even hang out with this new one. Like, because all she does is nurse. Yeah. And all I do is wrestle and control two complete maniacs. Now, the she in that statement is your wife. Correct. Because the kid was yet another boy. It is. Congratulations. Yes. My wife is outnumbered. The instant savings on makeup and toilet paper alone. <laughs> Weddings. I never have to worry about it. <laughs> So. I never have to worry about uh, weddings. I never have to worry. Well, I guess I do have to worry about weddings in some way, but uh, that's it. I'm excited. It, fatherhood is the best hood. And uh, wow. yeah, he's a cute one. Yeah. He looks like his mother. Dude. He's got a dimple on the right side or left side of his face. I can't remember. What a poor father. That's about seven miles deep. When I was so. uh, talking to your wife last Sunday and uh, made the statement that I feel like you guys just like copy paste. no. For real? Your children all look I, at the no. same stage in life. They all look yes. identical. Okay. So like the other day we were looking at pictures of my firstborn and I was like, wait a minute. Is that ocean? Is that Jericho? I'm like, what is, I don't know what this kid, and for real, I want to do a side by side because it is like, we just had triplets and one of them just, they all just come yeah. out when they get pruny. <laughs> well, let's, I want to, I want to dive in. I want to dissect something you, you just said real quick, oh, but brother. before before things get serious, uh, we've got podcast business to take care of, which is it, to man. crack open these Jacko goes. That's exactly right. Uh, I went for a uh, a whoop assault watermelon. Language. So uh, shout out Travis Mills. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, you're holding a, a pink Miss Lemonade. Is this I'm, your first one of those? This is my first one. Dude, it's so good. Now, I do love Jocko. I do love pink lemonade. I've never had a pink mist, though. Well, let's get to the can, let's sir. Let's get to the can. Cheers. Ooh. Here we go. First sip. First sip. Getting ready to taste it. The love of God. Not bad. Right? Not bad. Right? Wow. That's really good. So now listen, you dropped some names just now when you were saying you look at these baby pictures and you can't figure mm-hmm. out which kid it was. Um, go ahead and, and uh, give us give us Bring it on. give us the rundown on those names again, real quick. My oldest is Zion. My second born is Jericho. Very, very Christian of you. We got a theme going here, and this and new one is named Ocean. Let's hear it, dude. <laughs> Let's break it down for the listeners here. So what part? Listen, why, it, now, why we went left field, I guess? If you don't have children, right, it teaches you some things that you didn't know before, that you hadn't considered. There's a lot about parenthood that you can assume, and some of those assumptions will be right, the good, the bad, the whatever. But it just presents you with some situations that you don't really anticipate. 100%. And until you've had to name a child... It is agony. It's listen. Maybe you've named a, a cat. Maybe a, a dog. Maybe you name. Maybe you're one of those people where your car. I name my toys. Yeah, your car yeah. has a name. All right. Yes. Um, this isn't that. Mm-hmm. This is heavy. This is you got to think about what it rhymes with. True. Right. You. I. All I these. Don't know if I thought all of that. these factors go into it. Right. But I'm not uh, Dr. Seuss, you know, Johnny Cash is a boy named Sue. Comes to mind. There's some lessons that it's come you. along with uh, with a name, and I. The saying is, and it's 100% true, you have no idea how many people in this world you dislike until you're trying to name a child. That is so funny you say that because, yes, yes, so we were wanting to go straight biblical. So I have a a humongous list of awesome, killer biblical names. Kale, for example, okay? The worst vegetable but the healthiest that you could probably choose in a salad. So anyways, uh, like tons of biblical names, but... There were so many. One of them was Moses. And I'm like, that's a great name. But when he turns into an old man with gray hair and a beard, he's going to get pushed around. Mm -hmm. Granted, he won't care because old people don't care about anything. But, or at least they don't get offended that often. But so, but yeah, so I thought of, I thought of Judah, but she was like, my wife was like, oh, we know somebody else named Judah. Yeah. No, your, your current boss and my old boss. Yeah. uh, Soaked up just almost all the good biblical boy names. He has a million children. And he but, used up and then almost Ashton all. Comes. You need to bust he, his chops he, about yeah, that. Yeah, no, he. The, I, I, you're kind of following his footsteps. It was uh, biblical, <laughs> biblical, biblical, Ashton. So, um, <laughs> yep. But you didn't. Yeah. You didn't land on Ashton. You I didn't did go with like a you know but I mean, a sitcom star. Made. Yeah. Now, I mean, there are oceans in in the Bible. There I are. I suppose. I guess I could have gone on um, red. But uh, <laughs> walk walk us through the. Uh, I will the, walk you the, through the, the logic so here. The um, Zion is a mountain. I think that's just powerful and strong. And here's the other thing I was thinking about legitimately. I was going like, what is a unique name that is like very uncommon? You know, that obviously I guess unique synonymous, but I digress. Um, Zion's a mountain. Jericho is a city, which was the promised land. I just love that idea. I love the idea, or at least the way I perceive it, like man tried to claim this place and, and named it Jericho, but God's like, no, Jericho's mine. So I just love that idea. And then we wrestled with a lot of names, or wrestled with a lot of names. Um, my One of my favorite would have been Ezra. I think Ezra's a killer, strong, 
powerful name, but she knows one kid from like elementary school. That'll and do she's it. like, I hate him. I'm like, baby, you don't even know where that kid is yeah. anymore. And, but again, never mind. Unique. There's a whole there's a whole band just dedicated to being better than I Ezra's. thought they were better than that. Yeah. So and I thought you were too. Uh, but anyways, so then uh, we came across Ocean, and I was like, that's it. Now so I, Ocean, I can track with the logic a little bit there, but I yeah. feel like if you were following the convention that you had set forth, I did because you didn't name. No, you didn't because you didn't name your first kid Mountain. You used but, the name of a mountain. You didn't name your second kid City. Correct. You named him the name of a city. So, so we if we're following theme. this logic, right. this third one should be named Atlantic, Pacific, Indian. There's several ocean names oh, to choose from. That's interesting. But uh, yeah, you, you deviated there. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. I thought you were setting mm-hmm. me up to like be a genius, but no. He probably doesn't answer to Ocean yet, so you've got time to pivot That's if true. you want to. Just stay intellectually you honest here. anybody's name. You yeah. think... Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Ocean. I, I just, when we said it, we were like, that's unique. How many oceans do you know besides the movies? <laughs> I'm going to go with big, fat, very little, if not zero. And so, whatever. Anyways. So, yeah, I stand by it. I think it's a good name. It's a, str- well, undeniably strong name. Like Zion, strong. Jericho, killer. Ocean is like, it is not as clear a biblical way, and it is naming. Yeah. There's no cool, I mean, I'm going to, I don't know. I don't think there's really cool ocean names. I mean, Pacific, No, none, Atlantic. Of, them, none of them really work. Yeah. So, yeah, I stand by it. Because other than that, you got to go for seas. So you got to downgrade to a smaller oh, body of water. Get out of here. Dead. Nobody. We'll just call them dead. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these are my sons. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, the other day when I, we did a, we posted a photo of him for like a month. Yeah, I'm old and I was like, God gave me, a, God gave me a mountain, God gave me a city, and God gave me an ocean. But so yeah, that's it. I stand by it. No, no ragrats. And uh, what's uh, what's the worst thing about a newborn that you had forgotten? Because well, I was surprised. Question. Our kids, your your first two were the same way. Our our mm-hmm. kids were pretty close together, yeah. less than two years. And so you think you're like, I remember what this is like. Right. And then you're in it and you're like, but didn't you remember a, that. You were in a unique space though, because you had a boy and then a girl. Yes. So it was like the same, but different. Yeah. Like, I, did I, what, don't know. I did in two tries, but you couldn't in three. That's, That's accurate. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, whatever. I'm like, yeah, we were going for the girl. Like ocean would be a killer girl's name. I think. Yeah. Ocean someday when you listen to this buddy, they still love you, even we though you're not, well, a, even though know, you're yeah. not a girl. What if he becomes a serial killer? He's not going to become a serial killer, Dwight. Um, what? Uh, yeah. I don't know what the question was. Yeah. But, you know, no. Okay, yes. So, for me, though, I don't think I hate any part of it yet. Yeah. Legit. Like, I'm like, I'm, I've, I'm raising boys. I get it. I do. There are things that I remember that I, I'm like, yes, I love this part. And mainly and uniquely, the biggest one is this that they stay wherever I put them. <laughs> and as moment they start crawling, you got to just run. But my house is now baby proof yeah. to my trifecta. But especially with those first ones, like you're so eager for them to like start crawling, start walking. Yep. And, but now you know better. Yeah. You're like, like, no delayed development is a okay. Yeah. Or you're just all about say that first word, say that first word. Yeah, it better be dad. Dude. Like the, the Stewie bit that everybody knows, the, the clip that's been, you know, gifted and memed forever. Lois, Lois, 
mummy, mummy, mum, mum. That's the, like, that's the realest thing in all the world. I don't know if it's the same in your household with your kids. For whatever reason, my wife legit (laughs) gets that way worse than I do. Yeah. Like if she's on, and it's not like a parenting thing. She's the better parent for sure. Undeniable. But it's just like, they'll, if it's me home with them and she's off doing something, they'll kind of chill and do some things. Not like they don't talk to me or they don't want me to play. But if she's there, they're just in her grill, man. And it's uh that's interesting. Oh, that clip is so real. It is. And then he just goes, she goes, What? Yes. And he goes, Hi, and laughs and runs away. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny? Um, Zion, you know, my oldest, what do you think about Marcus? Is he he's more chill, right? I mean, every time I've talked to him. He's a very measured kid. Yeah. I feel like my oldest is that way. My second one, he got, he definitely got, there is a middle child thing that's true. Yes. And I noticed it with Zion. I know he's not middle, but like as soon as the second one came, I noticed a attention, like where he was going, pay attention in a way yeah. through his behavior or acting, you know, kind of peculiar. I'm like, what's wrong with you, dude? Like whatever. And then, um, but now that but my second one has definitely become middle child and I feel a little bad yeah. for him. Like he's. Just whatever. Everyone's oohing and on about the newborn because he's undeniably cute. Thank God they look like their mother, all of them. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the things I see that aren't fair, but I try and recognize and talk about it, right? Like, we mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, tis the season. It's Christmas time. True. And I'm the reason for I, this season. I saw to, heard and saw today for the first time this season the Hershey's commercial with the, with bells. the, with the bells. That's how you know. That's what makes it That's real. True. Um, my favorite, my favorite thing about this season, and there's a lot to love about the Christmas season. Yeah. Food's better. Smells are better. Smells twinkling are lights. Better. But my favorite thing Besides is that me? your birthday is Christmas day and no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> it's true. so glorious. I am born on Christmas day. Oh. But so I don't know if you've ever been, but a uh, city here near us, there's a, a house, the Johansson lights. They've been on that like... Christmas light fight show. I don't know if they want to remember, but it's incredible. I mean, mind boggling. Is that on Golden Rod? Yeah. Yes, I have been uh, there. So uh, in, in, I think that's technically Winter Park where they're at here in uh, in Central Florida. So we took the kids out there last night. No, it's it's a blast. If you're it's in Central crazy. Florida, uh, look them up and go check out the lights. But just, you know, the kids are playing on things. They're playing with things. Mm-hmm. They're touching stuff they're not supposed to. True. And it's just so monkey see, monkey do, right, mm-hmm. with the younger ones. Like the second Marcus <laughs> does something, Marley's right behind him. And so I got on to him about something, and she did it right after, even after yep. she heard me tell him stop. Yep. And I'm like, that's the gig, buddy, right there. I'm like, that's why you have to be more careful mm-hmm. than she does. Yeah. I said, it's not fair, but she's going to follow you. True. You're the leader. Yeah. So you got to do it better. Older sibling. Yeah. It ain't fair, older sibling but that's lot. And, you know, whatever. Come at me with new fangirl gender roles on that stuff these days. Oh, bro. But he's the big brother. It's going to be different. His responsibilities yeah. are different, yeah. period. Yeah. And I don't ever understand that. I'm like, no, we're not the same. We're different. And each one is uniquely valuable and perfectly yeah. created. Like, it's not... It's not one's more valuable than the other. I just, I, I hate this dichotomy argument, this prison of two ideas. I'm like, no, like there are things that ladies do a billion times better than men. Yeah. And there are a few things that guys can do that are better than ladies as far. I mean, we all, yeah. That's why we're like, no, we'll, we'll go fight wars to keep you guys safe yeah. because you're definitely more valuable than us. Now, as their personalities sit right now, though, 
my expectation for him, like they're in school together, they're only a grade apart. Um, and so they're preschoolers right now. So this expectation isn't real high right now, but somebody's giving your sister, you get called, I get called because you're in trouble because you went at somebody who was messing with your sister. Oof. Dude, it's ice cream all the way, all the way down, right? It's, oh, it's yeah. rewards. That's the expectation yep, right now, even in preschool, it's much more likely that my daughter will lay someone out for messing with her older brother. Awesome. Yeah. She'll yeah. even like, we'll be goofing off at the house. <laughs> you know, you, you ever been around like been like rough housing with somebody or messing with somebody and their dogs around their dog starts to growl at you. Oof. Like we'll be messing with my son and my daughter, dude. I mean, she'll come in like a wrecking ball. Wow. Don't mess with my big, my it's my big brother. She's on a, my big brother That's kick awesome. right now. Yeah. It's the best. So right now I'm trying to find the balance right now of teaching them to uh, fo- follow the rules, but still be, uh, you know, a little rebellious and not to tell on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a real interesting balance too, because you want them to be curious, yeah. but, and you want them to be, you know, adventurous, but then safe and controlled. Yeah. It's this weird, it's, it's, it's a, um, I was talking to somebody the other day. I was like, I don't like the word work-life balance. Yes. This might be too philosophical for, for, for me to even express, but like, I don't like the idea of balance because it feels like it's just too, it's too much on a binary. It's either one or the other. It's too extreme in my view. Uh, so I like to use the word, and I know you're going to roll your eyes. I like to use the word harmony. Oh, here we go. And because I, I think it's, it's not, it's not finding one or the other. It's, it's finding the unique qualities of each part and making them work effectively and so it's not about whatever you don't think if we looked up synonyms for harmony that balance wouldn't be in the list somewhere but i don't hear people say harmony i say i hear people go balance and they're overwhelmed because it's either i either give my whole life to my job or my whole life to my family it's like no freak you give you give the best to what you can and what matters most but (laughs) uh I think we've talked about it on here. You and I worked together, like worked together oh, for, for a sure. long time. We've been friends for longer than we worked together, but we worked together for a long time. And we, we had this boss for a while. It was on a kick of having us oh, read like a book. I don't know, however often. Mm-hmm. And then we'd sit and meet about it. And, and I never and, read it. Really, <laughs> So many comments <laughs> that I'm going <laughs> to keep myself right now. But one we read, I want to say it was by Andy Stanley. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners, if you hadn't, haven't heard of him, he's a pastor at a big church somewhere. I don't know. Smart, sharp guy. Atlanta, We've yeah. heard him live, met him before. Uh, but he wrote this book called Choose to Cheat. We read that together? Yes, we read that oh, together. Yeah. And it was funny. So the whole concept here is really what we're talking about, right? Yes. It's like, you know, you, you, you are fi- you're a finite resource, right? And you can't be in more than one place at one time. So when you are dedicated to multiple things, when you're a husband, when you're a father, when you're um, an employee, a boss, whatever, you know, you've got all these different areas of dedication. And at any given time, you're probably cheating on sounds wrong, right? Yeah. But you got to choose what you're going to cheat. And you want to find harmony in that. If you're always cheating your home, that's not going to be a good thing. If you're always cheating work, that's not going to be a a good thing in your effort, in your time, in in your dedication, whatever. But the problem was like, (laughs) like for so long after we read that book, like something big would be going on. Like not just an average day, but like, hey, we need to get this thing done because it's going down. It needs to be done by this date. And there's work to be done. And somebody just throw up the deuces and be like, Choose to cheat. <laughs> Gotta go. Yeah. A lot of maturity was not there in us in those days. A lot of that, those years were single. 
yeah. bachelor years. Yeah. Well, you don't really dumb. understand it anyways. Until like, you have responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. And people that it, you have to it was care such an, for. Like, it was such an awesome work environment at that point. Gosh, like work was family, which is part of why it was hard to find right. balance. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you were like, yeah, I tell people all the time, like legit, I would be at that office, you know, 845 in the morning. Oh, and I yeah. would not get out of there till 10 o'clock at night. Well, and it, every day. It, it was one of those. I mean, we're talking, you know, our, our younger years, early, early 20s and stuff here. And it was, you know, I don't know, listeners, if any of you work any place like this. Um, but if you didn't have anything going on at night, it's like, I'll swing by the office. Something will be, I'll run into somebody. Something will yeah. be going on. <laughs> and you just go, you just go hang. The absolute morons. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. I love that book. And the funny thing about that, when I, well, you know, it's funny. I really can't even remember reading that as a staff <laughs> because I was so, God almighty, it was just a different season, right? Yeah. Just even my hunger for knowledge yeah. and just wanting to grow, it was not there. Now you've always been somebody who's been well-read and always like study things and always been able to articulate arguments. I probably didn't start caring about that until I met you and started having like debates about, uh, um, what do you call it? What is that? A libertarian points of view. And I was like, oh, that's dumb. And I'm like, no, they need a law. And I, then I'm like, wait a minute. And so just questioning my points of view. But anyways, but what Andy Stanley, later on in life, I read that book and I really digested the material and started to apply it to my life, most importantly. And Andy Stanley in an interview said that this was the book he worked the hardest on. Hmm. He said of all the books that he wrote, he said this is the one that he wrote with as much passion and much like conviction. And he said the reason why was because um, it's the one issue that everyone seems to struggle with and can identify with the, like you said earlier, the finite resources that you have as an individual. And so it's just, it was really, really strong to, to come into that. And yeah, it's such a great read. If you haven't read it, it's excellent. Whether you're a believer or not, it's, there's principles in that book that are really important for choosing the right things to cheat on. So you don't cheat on the most important yeah. things. Well, and what's tough is when you're making that transition from like younger life, single life, um, to having a family. So mm -hmm. having a wife, having a husband and yeah. then having kids, yep. like you've got to find that new balance because you know, you're, you're single and whatever you should be out there hustling. 100%. If you're only working 40 hours a week, Dumb. Then don't complain about your level of success, your level of yes. income. Um, right? You want to be, Learn. you want to be rich, you want to be famous, you want to be successful. Then mm -hmm. nobody should be working harder than you. Uh, but that metric changes yeah. when you add a spouse to it, and it changes more when you add yep. kids to it. And to make that pivot, uh, you know, just mentally, emotionally, everything—huge. It's tough shift. to navigate. Yes, it is. Yeah, I agree. I'm like your 20s. You should be learning as much as you can. Yeah. Like. Like, I don't know how you feel about this, but I was like, like, um, I think there's importance in longevity at, at, at a place, but yeah. not every job you work is going to be your career. Like go there until you grow in a skill that's usable. Like no matter where, well, it doesn't matter in free countries. Uh, it really is like your skill level will determine the, the, the value you add to an organization will hopefully transfer into an income that you make. Yeah. And so I'm just like, yo man, learn as much as you can fail beautifully, screw up a ton, like get out there like your twenties. And I tell this to all the, um, at our church, we have, um, the, the student program for young people who are becoming ministers. I know you know this, but um, and, and they'll come and ask me and I, and I tell them something and I'm like, I'm like, this is the freest you're ever going to be. Yeah. Like, I know you got a lot going on in, 
and I don't say that to insult like what is important to them. Of course, like hanging out with your friends is a big deal to them. It was a big deal to me. Of course, I'm not saying it's worthless or unimportant, but I am saying I, I want to pause you for a moment so you understand that this is the freest you're ever going to be. This is the least amount of potential debt that you're ever going to have. This is the this is the chance where you can say, you know what? I don't want to work at this job anymore. I'm just going to I'm going to go work at another job and start from the ground up. Like this is the freest you're, you're ever going to be in your life. Cause the moment you get married, the moment you're responsible for somebody else, or you care to be responsible for another person. Like I remember when I got married and like legit, I still had the stupid 20 plus 20 year old mindset of just going, yeah, I'll just work until I'm done with the work. And it's like, nope, you, you can't. And so I had an alarm. As I know this is pathetic, but I had an alarm on my phone at 530 that was like, go home if you're not on your way home. Yeah. Like, you better be home. You have a wife, goofball. Be there with her. She's more important than some stupid graphic I was designing. Well, and there's a difference, too, when when what you're doing matters. Yeah. Whatever that definition of matters is to you. But there's a difference between, like, I'm just a jobber. Like, I'm just punching the clock because I need a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And what I'm doing, you know, adds value to society or changes yeah. lives or, or whatever. So it's it's a little bit tougher to do that math. But the reality is, even then, mm-hmm. those most meaningful positions, those most meaningful tasks, those most meaningful jobs, the job, and there's people in our line of work or in my old line of work and your current mm-hmm. line of work who will not like this statement, but the job will not ever love you back. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you don't work hard at it. That doesn't mean you're not dedicated. That doesn't mean you're not trustworthy. But the job's not going to be standing at the side of your bed when it's That's lights true. out time. It's That's not. Yeah. When you clock out, somebody else is going to step into your role and yeah. things are going to keep. They're going to hire People are going to be sad for a few minutes, a week, a month. Yep. The crying will turn into funny stories about you if you've been a decent person. But, but at some point, it's just rolling on mm. like you weren't there. Yeah. But the friends spouse, yep. the kids, yeah. if you're not a piece of crap, <laughs> yep. w- will be there, right? So it's, and you know, and the work is investment in them too, right? I think everybody yeah. wants to leave some, make sure, hopefully every man yep. is, is looking to make sure their family's provided for beyond them. So it's yeah. not that there's no value in that. Yeah. Um, but it's the means to the end. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of time too, it's funny you, you talk about this. I, I was sharing a couple of Wednesdays ago about just knowing the season you're in and how important it is. Like what season of life are you in and how important it is to just consistently reevaluate that. And then, yeah, just be all in, in those moments. Like, and then like, so I just had a kid, so my front yard is going to look a little crappy and that's okay because I'm changing diapers and my wife would rather me help change diapers and bathe the two other kids instead of make sure I have a pristine front yard. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the season that you're in. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. I like on the work stuff. I I, I don't know if I've, I've shared this on the podcast before. I probably have. It's not my idea. It's it's from Dave Ramsey. And I know we've talked about it before, but that, you know, work-wise, that idea, you know, just in the mindset of, um, you know, you determine your value, you determine your whatever, like, Dave Ramsey's take is everybody's self-employed. Yeah. You don't have a boss, you have a client. Mm -hmm. And if your client's not paying you enough, you need to either improve your offerings, you know, 
find a product they're willing to pay more for right. or find a more motivated buyer. Yeah. But you work for you. I love and this. And they're just buying your yeah. product. That product might be your your work, your your whatever. Yeah. But they're yeah. they're a buyer. They're not Yeah, and the goal and, and I love how that flips it because it flips it into making it everyone's responsibility to realize that you're a diamond that you're this, you know, diamond in a clump of coal. Like, no, it, it puts it on you. Like, I'm going to be the shiniest I can be. I'm going to improve my skills. And if they don't see the value in me, somebody's going to find me. But those skills are transferable. They're omnivaluable. It's like working hard, showing up on time, being being excellent, not, you know, I mean, just being excellent is another conversation that just... I don't hear anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just like, no, what can I get out of this? What's the pay? And if you expect me to work 41 hours, I'm going to call, you know, some kind of HR program, you know, have this. To, it's like, man, just what would happen if you were just like realizing you are. So, when I remember you first said that and I was like, you know, I was skeptical as we always are in every statement that each and every time we talk, we're like, yeah, I don't believe that. And then we're like, I don't know why yet, but it, it bothers me that you said it. And, and it's fair, but, um, yeah, that's such a great mindset to have that you're self-employed. Well, it seems so counterintuitive these days because ultimately it's just a statement of personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. We don't like personal responsibility anymore. Nope. 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 Yeah. The, every time you defer responsibility, you, you further commit yourself to potentially staying somewhere you don't belong or you're not meant to. And we live in a culture that celebrates deferring ownership, responsibility, and man, the moment you take control of you, and that's the stoic principles, you know, control the controllables. Yeah. That's how I like to say it. But like, what is in your control? Make that excellent. Make that the best. So if you're at a low end job, like it's on you to not be there in 20 years. Like, yeah. So like the fight for 15 stuff, I don't know if we want to get all with that, but like, it's like, no, I, I don't want, I don't want 45 50-year-olds making $15 an hour. I want them to learn skills, and I want them to own that business. Yeah. And I want them to say, hey, I did this when I was in college because the hours were good, and it was only five hours a night. And, like, awesome. But, but like, uh, you know what's funny? I was in this office where we're recording, and I was talking to a gentleman in here, and he was just saying, if I could just make this much money, I'll have enough to pay my bills. And I was like, and I and I just looked at him, I was like, hey, man, respectfully, I just disagree, like, 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 it's not about, it's like how much, and then he starts telling me, I'm like, tell me more about what you do. And he goes, well, I'm certified as a welder. I go, are you kidding me? He goes, he goes, yeah, I'm working two jobs and I just, I don't think I'm good. And I go, hold on, you're certified as a welder? I go, there are 23 year old kids making 80, a hundred grand a year. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. And Dude, then I've talked about it on here. I, I love, I'm a big fan of micros podcast. Talk about it on here all mm -hmm. the time. Talk about it more than I talk about my yes. own podcast. Um, the way I heard it, go listen to it. He had a guy on, don't remember his name. Wouldn't be hard to find it. Runs a company that doesn't make conversion vans. They don't do conversion vans. Mm -hmm. They make components for conversion vans. Wow. This dude's hiring welders. Now it's not your run of the mill welder, yeah. but he's hiring welders at over a hundred thousand dollars a year and can't fill every position. Crazy. Can't fill every position and talks about how much he envies his welders because at five, because he's the boss. Yeah. The weight's on his shoulders. He's right. got to make payroll. He's got to grow the business. Yeah. Right. But his welders who are, who are making six figures 
they hop in their brand new Ford, Chevy, Ram at the end of the day uh, and go home without a care in the world because you yep. don't take welding home with you. <laughs> right. You don't load it up in your in your bag and yeah, take it home with you yep. like us office schmucks do with our computers sure. and stuff. Yeah. You can't your boss can't text you, "Hey, sorry it's after hours, but can you weld this thing for me?" Yeah. That doesn't happen, <laughs> right. right? And so it's these funny. guys are going home without a care in the world. It's 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 hard work. Of course. And That's it's why not it, everyone can be a CEO. And it's a skill set you got to learn. Yes. Um, but it's out there. I just like micro harps on that stuff all the time. It's what it's his so foundation, like micro yeah. works. That's what his foundation is, yeah. is to give scholarships to people to go and get certified in right. trades. But I remember this was a stat he was sharing a few years ago. So I don't know if it's still accurate, but the company Caterpillar that makes heavy machinery and tractors and all that stuff mm-hmm. was paying people, paying people to get certified to service heavy machinery. So you're doing like the grease Crazy. and the maintenance and that stuff. Crazy. Not even mechanic work. You're not working on the engine. Just you're you're servicing just servicing heavy machinery. They'd pay you to learn it and then you'd start it. I can't even remember like seventy five, eighty thousand dollars a year or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, and he also talks about how like there's no job beneath you. I think I've heard him say that. Yeah. And it's it's so and I get that there might be even though I might disagree, which I know is illegal to do in certain cultures now, but are, um, but e- even if you disagreed with like own your craft, get better, get stronger, you know, what's the alternative message? And, and is that message that we're conveying to young people helpful? Is the message that says you're a victim or the system's rigged against you, you can't get ahead. Like I get that there are legitimate grievances and there are certain maybe, um, I don't know how to describe it, but not systematic, but there are certain things that might be perceived. And that's more of a, of a person to person issue. I think, you know, extending certain privilege to an individual, like that's not, that's not the world. That's that individual. If an individual sees you and says, because of the race that you are, I'm going to extend a certain amount of privilege or kindness to, but if I see that you're a different color skin, I'm not going to give you that. That's not the whole world problem. That's a them problem. And I'm like, whatever. Anyways, I digress. But all that to say, like, it's just, I always go back to this, like, what's the alternative message to it's not pull yourself up by your bootstraps. There are certain people who have been given a crappy hand, but what is the alternative message? Stay there and be miserable. So I tell, I tell, I was sharing a couple of weeks ago. I was like, I think you were in there. I was like, find somebody that looks like you find somebody that looks like you and has been in a similar story and, and made it like yeah. get that story in your world and, and learn from them. Like as, as far, I might disagree with a lot of Oprah Winfrey, but the lady went through garbage yeah. in her life. I mean, she was raped. She was passed around from, from low position to low position. I mean, went through, and now she's the richest one, one of the richest, richest women in America. It's like, come on. Like that's the story yeah. that people need to hear that you can do it. Well, and like what we get get wrong, one like every time we kind of tribalize, right? Every time we try, we, you know, we we assume a common experience Mm -hmm. for someone based on a set of external factors. Mm -hmm. We're making it. I mean, it's it's just a mistake every time, right? Right. And so I think one of the mistakes we make is looking at people who have things we didn't have. Mm-hmm. Right. Or ha- have things we don't have now and assume that they've got it better or easier 
Mm-hmm. Right. I was just having this conversation with my wife yesterday. We were looking forward to uh, get a, a bike, pedal bike for my, for my daughter for Christmas. And we've talked about it on here before. My wife's not cheap, but she's frugal. Yeah. And there, there's something now I, I recognize the, the lack of uh, logic in this for me, but it, which is, which is abnormal for me legitimately. Um, but like getting my kids used things drives me nuts mm. not because we're so wealthy we can afford to buy all sure. new stuff or, or anything like that but it's just i remember being in middle school right mm-hmm. and having spalding shoes instead of nike shoes yep. right i remember you know having the you know whatever the store brand jersey was well, instead, was of, the, instead no, of the, the starter cool. jersey yeah. right it starters garbage now it's so yeah. funny to me yeah um it just remembered how much yep. I hated that. Yeah, um, I remember, and like, I don't, uh, I, I probably wasn't grateful enough for it at the time. Um, but like, I remember my, my parents got me a pair of Reebok pumps for mm. Christmas one year, but they weren't the cool ones. They weren't the basketball ones. They were the <laughs> tennis ones. And the reason they got them for me is because uh, the, the neighbor kid who I was friends with had them yeah. and didn't want them anymore. So that's, and so they bought them from them. Right. Wow. That's how they got them. And just different stuff like that, or where if there was something I wanted and we couldn't afford it. Sure. Just, you just hated it. Right. You yeah. just despise it. And so now I'm like, I don't need to buy this like worn tire scratch in the paint bike. Like, let me go. Yeah. But, but the reality is, this is the mistake we make societally. And I recognize I was making it. That's why she's getting a used bike for Christmas sitting in the back of my car right now. Um, she doesn't listen to the podcast, people. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> But I'm like, that's the mistake we make. That's the trap we get drawn into. I want them to have the things I didn't yep. have. I feel the same way. But if I do all that, if mm-hmm. I don't give them the experiences that I had, not artificially, but if I don't make sure yeah. that I check my own issues sure. and make sure that they have some friction mm-hmm. and make sure that they learn those lessons, yeah. they're going to be pieces of crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like pressure is what makes diamonds. Yes. And so we see this. That's the saying. I'm certain we've talked about iron it on the podcast iron, before. Yeah. Well, not only iron sharpens iron. Yeah. You, you know, friction but friction makes but, us stronger. You know, hard times make hard men. Hard men make easy times. Easy yep. men make easy times makes easy men or soft men. Yeah. And soft men make hard times. Like that's the thing, right? Yep. And so you know, when, when you sit and look at like, oh, how did we get here over the past however many decades? How do we get from the greatest generation, Jeez. right, to where we're at right now? Yep. It's they kind of, they came back from war. They had a real work work ethic. Yep. They had seen hardship. They had the GI Bill. Seen they evil. they, they yep. built families. They worked hard. They maintained their homes, and they made their lives just a little bit easier for their mm-hmm. kids than it was for them. Yep. And we've done. In my estimation, too much easy, too much easy, too much easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I'm like, no, I I hate, but there's a difference. There's already a difference in the experience for my daughter. I had I had the used stuff for the hand-me-down stuff because yeah. it was all we could do at the time. Right. We weren't dirt poor and my parents worked and what I'm not trying to paint paint a sadder picture that was. Yeah. People had it worse. Um my you know, my daughter's gonna have a used bike, not because we can't afford the new one, right? But because there's nothing wrong with that used one, yeah. And because that money can be used for right. other things, yeah. Um, That's a tough spot, but I agree with you because my wife told me the same thing. Because I'm always wanting to get, buy them things I didn't have because, and I mean, we were we were 
broke yeah. I mean, almost my entire childhood in a lot of times. I grew up in a whatever. I don't want to start crying, but, uh, but whatever, but you're right. It made me resilient and made me stronger. And yeah. And so loud was like, and so what is that called? Where you, um, you're putting your emotions on somebody else. I can't remember. Projecting. Right. Projecting. Yeah. yeah. You're, it's, I don't know if that's the right definition for what this is, but it's almost like I'm wanting to give them stuff. So they love me. Yeah. I'm wanting to give them stuff because I knew how much I wanted it as a child or whatever. Cause I, I grew up the same way. Like, I mean, cheap Kmart brand, you know, and that was awesome. And then, then Lauda tells me though, sometimes that her parents who, I mean, my father-in-law was very wealthy, very, very strong, but he, he would, him and his family would go shop at Goodwill sometimes. And I was like, are you kidding me? But here's the thing. And kind of what you're saying in a way, they would spend the money that they had on more important things. Yeah. Like all of us, we're going to go to Japan. <laughs> like, and we're going to make memories that last yeah. a lifetime and we're going to shop at Kmart, but we're going to, it's like the Dave Ramsey quote, like live like nobody else does now. So you can live like nobody else does later. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a strange yeah. emotional thing that children bring you to really just, I don't know, you kind of dig deep in you and you're like, Oh gosh, I'm still jacked up. Yeah. And I'm still an eight year old kid. And your favorite thing that you say, or one of my favorite things that you say is, um, we never graduate high school. <laughs> no, you you keep waiting for. I mean, as you're like, I can't wait to get away from all this drama. High school you. isn't the source of the drama. Mm-hmm. People are the source yeah. of the drama, and people never graduate. And even as as a pastor at this church, I'm talking to people who are in their seventies, and they're still just like, hey, I'm not talking to that guy. Yeah, I'm like, what? Like you're a marine, like. <laughs> Like you were in, you were in freaking Vietnam. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like you're upset. Like I had one guy walk up to me and goes, are you mad at me? I was like, what? <laughs> this is an old man. And, and he goes, cause I saw the way you looked at me when you walked in. I'm like, bro, I probably just had gas or I don't know. And he's like, you, you gave me a look. And I was like, dude. And I kind of want to just go, man, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, like, but that's all of us. Yes. And I look at myself and I go, there's still stupid things in me yeah. that I'm like, Grow up, freak. Yeah. Like, let's get this life together. <laughs> well, to, to tie that last thought together, though, like, I think the fallacy that we buy into, right, this 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 whole uh, privilege thing, which I don't know if I'm even allowed to, to talk about nope, as a Caucasian male, worst. but it's like, how many people have you met or how many stories have we heard where the that family that was in the big house with the nice cars and had the shoes you wanted and mm-hmm. the clothes you wanted and got the car you wanted and you know didn't have to work while they were going through college how many of those people were miserable yep or one of the parents was an alcoholic or an yep. addict or mm-hmm. beat them or they were dealing with depression Substance, again yeah. not painting with a broad thing but the point is saying like we look at people who we think have a leg up on us or who are ahead of us mm-hmm. or have it better than us. Yeah. And a lot of times it's just trading struggles. And I, I know, That's Hey, true. I'm not, I haven't arrived now. Heck no. Right. Like a lot of us in America, we're top 1% in the world, but Absolutely. Uh, the world's, uh, you know, not living with our cost of living here either. So, it, right. you know, you got to compare apples to apples. So not saying that I've arrived now by any stretch of the imagination. Nowhere so, close. but it's very easy to say when, when you're on the lower end of the income rung, Oh, well, I'd gladly trade their problems for my problems. No way. And, no way. and the flip side is you can go as you and I have visit some of the poorest yep. places in Jeez. the world and Oof. see genuinely 
loving, happy yep. families who don't really want for much more than they have other than yeah. if you're someplace really, really bad where it's hard to come by food, yep. it's hard to come by clean water. Those are the things they want. If they just had those things, but they're not worried about not having mm-hmm. the car, clothes, computer, TV, vacation nope. that somebody else next door has. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it just it just puts it in perspective where it's like, well, not, not having those things yep. is no guarantee that yep. you're not going to have a meaningful life or a life full mm-hmm. of joy. And having those things doesn't guarantee it yep. either. And I think the evidence for that is clear. Like when you look at all these elite people in Hollywood, like they're all, I shouldn't say all, but there is an astonishing high number of them who are like drug addicted, doing all kinds of horrible things, multiple marriages that fell apart. Children are completely out of their life. Like, like I don't want to trade that. There's a quote that says like, if everybody in the world threw all their problems in a pile, you'd quickly pick your problems back up. Yeah. And, uh, and no, you're right. Like when you go to, and anybody listening, like go to a foreign country, go on a mission, go on a, go on a trip or go help somebody in your local kitchen. I remember, and I am the reason for the season, Kale, in case you didn't know, but, but like I remember growing up, my parents did teach me some strong, amazing values. And I probably don't thank them enough for it. Like on Christmas day, after my birthday, after we would celebrate, we would go feed the homeless. Yeah. And there were there were at least five of them that we went to downtown Orlando, Salvation Army, and I'm serving people. And I'll never forget one of the most, like, first times I ever saw poverty. And I was probably 15 years old, maybe younger, and I'm there and I'm serving a mom food and she pushes up a baby stroller. And she pushes it up, and I look in the stroller, and pots, pans, dishes, groceries, and in the very back is a baby. Like, almost, like, suffocated. by the, And he's just wrapped in blankets, just chilling. And I'm just serving this lady this, and I'm going to go home in my beat-up, and my mom's beat-up old used car, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to have a bed to sleep in that night. And it's just like, Jesus, help us, like, sober us up. Like, we are just... Spoiled. I'll never forget my first mission trip was to Johannesburg, South Africa. First time on a plane, mind you, 18-hour flight. I was losing my mind because uh, every turbulent, I was like, we're dying. Yeah. Okay. And so anyways, I get there and I remember we go to a village like in in the sticks, dude. And and we were praying for kids and and the missionaries were like, you know, and, and I, I think everybody knows this, but these, you know, first world countries, there there is... Not everywhere, but there there is a higher value place on children, or, or at least honoring them and loving them and making programs for them. But I remember going there and the missionary, um, and you know Pastor Kevin, he, yeah. he's now here in the states, but he he was like he's like an every man, like you are the most important person on this trip because I need you to look at every little boy and every little girl, smile at them, tell them they look handsome, tell the girl she looks pretty. Because he said this, he says, you will probably be the only male in this city, in this village. And again, I'm not trying to broad brush anything, but he's like, you might be the only man who has ever looked at them and said something kind to them. And it was just like, so, I mean, I had a lump in my throat and I remember we go to the village and they're like, you know, it is, it, it is. I mean, I'm talking like naked people walking around, like just stuff you don't expect to see that you're really seeing. And again, not all of Africa is like that. And South Africa is very urban. But um, anyways, I remember we go there and um, 
And dude, I was hugging every single kid and wailing because they were so beautiful, so kind. Your wife went to Africa. Well, she go to Africa? So, anyways, I remember one time, and Jade wasn't there, but I remember they were like, we were to pray for the kids. And so they don't speak the language, but they knew that we were there to pray for them or give them food, and we did. And I, I walk up to a little kid and I said, and, and he understood what I was saying. I was like, I want to pray for you. So I close my eyes. I put my hands on his head and, and I pray a prayer and I am like sobbing like a baby because I'd never seen poverty like this in my life. I mean, kids with no shoes, feet all beat up and yeah. like dirty. And I'm just so sad for these children and they're all happy <laughs> right? <laughs> because I'm just such a privileged jerk from America who's got so much wealth that they couldn't even imagine. Anyways, I put my hands out and I put my hands on this kid's temples and his head and I pray for him. And then I opened my eyes and there was probably 20 kids lined up before him. And so he said, thank you. He pulled his head away, walked away. And the next kid, I didn't even have a chance to move my hands. He just dunked his head in between my hands. And I prayed for him. It took hours probably to pray for all these kids. And then I remember we were like, let's give him some food. We got food here. And I remember I got an orange, right? And I hold the orange. Same thing happens. I peel it open. They all get in line. They all get in line. There's probably 10 kids. And I'm peeling the slices that you can kind of break an apple or an orange tangerine kind of a thing. One piece. And each one just walked up with his hands up in front of me. I put one there. He smiled and walked away. The next kid, there, there wasn't a fight. There wasn't like, like people going, he got more. It was none of that garbage. It was just, and here's these kids. It was so beautiful. And yeah, dude. I think every person needs to go to, I was just in Guadalajara a couple of years ago and I'm, and this is after I've had my son Zion and I'm sitting next to a kid, an orphan, an orphan. And we're sitting there and I don't speak Spanish. I know I'm Alvarado and I know it's my flaw, but he literally is sitting next to me, no shoes, filthy. And I am like a lump in my throat because he looks like my son, like he's about that age and he's got a napkin with chips on it. And he knows he can't, I can't speak his language, but he's literally sitting next to me and his legs are kind of pressing against the side of my legs. And I just want to hug him. And I mean, I'm like crying, looking at this little, because all I want to do is take him to my house, give the kid a bath, put him in a, he's never, they all slept on the floor at this orphanage. And you're just like, God, please help me realize how blessed I am to be healthy, to be young, to live in America, despite the flaws that every country has, even our own. Like we are, we are truly, truly blessed. And so whatever. Well, professional podcast host that I am, if I may segue off of something that you, you said about, you know, the people in Hollywood and trading our problems for them and look, you know, look how many of them aren't enviable. Dude, how great, to see like the return and rise of Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Okay, I, isn't the whale? Is that the movie? It, do, have you seen the seen previews it. for this thing? I have not. They look incredible. Now wow. this isn't a Marvel movie. This isn't an action movie. This isn't a. You know this What's is. What's it about? Uh, it's. Um, I don't want to do it disservice, so I, I don't really know the whole story. But it, it's like this guy who I don't know if the whale is a play off of his weight or whatever, but this guy's like grossly obese, but, um, you know, that's I, what I heard it was. I think I've, I think I actually heard Brendan Fraser describe this guy's superpower 
as being like being able to see the best in people and bring it wow. out of them. It's just, it looks like an incredible performance. Incredibly. Wow. And I, but I've just always been a fan. He's really cool. Um, you know, the mummy movies and, you know, even George of the jungle, he guessed yep. it on scrub Encino man and Encino man. He guessed it on scrub several times he Did and his just wow. always like, he's somebody I talk about this all the time. I'm like, I don't know why we care about these people's lives. Cause they certainly don't care about ours, which is True. not to say they're not empathetic people, Yeah, but they don't sit around, you know, they're not looking for the latest update on our relationship or our jobs yeah. or our whatever. Um, right. So I'm not going to pretend to know him and nobody else should either, but these people build reputations and you hear things about people. And he's just always seemed like such a, a nice guy, a genuine guy, a yeah. grateful guy. I mean, you always heard crazy cool stories about like Paul Walker or you hear crazy cool stuff about Keanu Reeves and just how yep. genuine he is. And so, yep. and so like just to see this guy who doesn't, I'm sure he's not without his shortcomings. Of course. Uh, I've never met him and I'm sure he has his vices, but just seems to be a genuine, I agree with you, humble, kind human being. You're like, I want to hang out with yeah. him. Yeah. And he's been out of it for so long. Yeah. Uh, just kind of, you know, out there in the ether and to come back and come back strong. Like everybody's talking about, I've seen like Oscar posts about this. it. I, I haven't seen the movie. Is it, is it on one of the streaming? Things no, I think it's going to be, in the, it's not out yet. It's going to, oh, really? no, it'll it's be not a, even out no, yet. It's, and it'll be a theatrical I've release. I've heard a lot about it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Wow. So you just, you just love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, and I mean, it's almost kind of like Robert Downey Jr. Like, yeah. like, I don't know if he's a jerk. Well, the difference, like, so his deal was, like, he was, I don't know if he was part of the quote-unquote Brack Pack, but he was in that, like, 80s group of young actors that really mm -hmm. blew up and whatever, and he had his own struggles with drugs and yeah. addiction and went into prison and stuff and, you know, and kind it's, of it's amazing came to see out the other turn side around and, and it's like, wow, you, you can do it, yeah. you know? So, because, yeah, he was on that dark path and he's been sober, at least for, to all our knowledge, for almost two decades or something yeah. like that. But, yeah, it was... It's really sad. You you don't get to see those stories enough, and I just feel like those stories need to be highlighted more in the practical ways of just getting free of all your demons and all your whatever you want to call it. But well, and so like good. seeing all the stuff recently because his book came out. Of uh, is it Matt LeBlanc? Is that the one that played? Which one played Chandler? Oh yeah, Matt. Uh, well, I think LeBlanc is the other one. I think Le I don't know. Matt LeBlanc played Joey. Yeah, I don't know his name, um, but I know who you're talking about. My wife will be yelling at her. She will be uh, screaming in ears as she's listening to this. But he wrote Chandler. A, but yeah. he wrote a book um, that dropped recently, just talking about because he he struggled. Was, oh yeah, that um, was the 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 running joke. Yeah, uh, he was drunk almost every single filming. You know. Well, and it's just so because again, it just goes to like you you see these things and you think. I'd love to have that person's life or they've got a leg up or they've got an advantage yep. or they're ahead. And this guy's just walking through hell. Yep. Here he is. Don't at me, people. Funniest person on that whole TV show. 100%. Um, the wittiest guy. The most quotable stuff I think was from him. And it's just like you hear him talk about it. Matt Perry? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, he would come to me. And, uh, you know, like doesn't remember or he's like because you watch through the seasons which is easy to do now you maybe wouldn't have realized it as much then but when you can just stream when you just binge now and you see like 
the massive differences in weight or appearance yep. for him. It's because of like the drug and use and the been, struggles and stuff. There's all kinds of reports that I heard about him being like drunk on film sets. And there's certain episodes. I, I didn't really get into friends that much, but I remember certain episodes where he was slurring and you see Monica or whatever the girl, Courtney Cox, yeah. like kind of like looking at him, like, come on, like you can kind of see the body language of just like uncomfortable and like, come on, like they're almost kind of like they're protecting him in a way. It's, yeah. So all that, um, it's good to see Brendan Fraser back, 100%. and it seems like experiencing some some success. success in his return. Yeah, good for him. God bless him. Still not going to watch the Oscars, but hope you win, buddy. Hope you win. Yeah. <laughs> well, anybody that wins the Oscars is all movies that I feel like none of us saw. Yeah. <laughs> it's all like the critics champion it, but like it's like the Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, uh, philosophy is like yeah. whatever this critics say is horrible the fans usually have the opposite opinion Dude, it's been so much more true lately with you know just with such massive ideological divides yep <coughs> where you just see more and more of that where like um terminal list which we've talked about on here a ton uh starring chris pratt on amazon prime jack Carr, uh you yeah. know former seal retired navy seal yes, wrote yes, the books yes, yes yeah uh, he's involved in the production of the show and you look at the critic rate critics ratings and they're garbage they're in the tank yeah but you look at the viewer ratings and it's mm-hmm. like 98 percent. like the people Jeez. love this thing right uh you know and i one critic called it something like uh you know, a, a right wing mega fever dream or something Jeez. like that. Um, and so, but then the viewer ratings are just phenomenal yeah. on this thing. Mm-hmm. There is a so. demand right now for just, just entertain me. Don't preach to me. Yeah. Let's just watch a good movie where I don't need to feel guilty or feel like, you know, whatever. And that's kind of like the, the what is that movie? The Jesus film project. Have you heard anything about uh-uh. that thing? I, I don't know what it is, but no, it's called the, um, Oh my gosh, I can't remember. It's it's the new Jesus stuff. It's the life of Jesus. Um, it might be Son of God or something like that, but it's all streamed for free. Um, you can watch it. And the guy who did it was like, we just like he tried to get it into be uh, into the theaters, like a movie thing, and nobody in Hollywood would. Say, there's not an audience for yeah. it. And so anyway, so then he said, I just got private donors to do it, and now it's like crazy effective so they have an app and you can watch it all and like the the money that they're getting is by the millions to film this because there is a demand for just and and not even just faith-based stuff but just like wholesome good um you know show i've been watching and i know i'm a nerd but superman and lois have you seen this like the old school one no no it's 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 newer i guess the old one was lois and clark yeah which i love that was when dean came that was when dean came to superman no, this one's really, I think it's good. I think it's good. And um, the first season was really good. But here, here's the reason why I loved it is because he's kind of, he looks kind of Indian almost, the guy. And yeah. I'd seen clips of it on social media. And so I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. And then I was like, oh my gosh. And here's the thing. Like, I don't want to ruin anything for you. And you'll probably never watch it because you're not a nerd. Well, you are a nerd, but we'll talk about that later. But the whole premise of this show is, it's kind of like Superman and Lois. They've they're married. They have two boys. And I hope I'm not spoiling anything. You don't care. But like Superman loses his job and his mom dies and the farm is about to go away. And and Lois is like, I can work from anywhere. And he's like, I think because our boys are struggling right now as teenagers, 
you know what'd be good? Let's go back to Kansas and raise our boys. And and he's a strong dad, and Lois is a strong woman. And dude, it is so refreshing. Yeah. And he's like, I'm just gonna be a good dad. And I'm gonna I'm gonna buy my mom's farm and I'm just gonna become a farmer again and still be Superman in my daytime job. And Lois is gonna be the breadwinner as far as like an official quote unquote job. And I'm gonna be the farmer who just works on this. And he goes, the, the, my boys matter because they're really struggling right now. So the, their one son struggles with depression and he's all kinds of socially messed up. And he's like, we need to get him out of this city life and come to this. And so like, you're watching this and go, how is this? How is this making any have any success in our culture right now where it's usually stupid dad and mom is the only smart one there, but it's this beautiful blend of power. And it's like Lois doesn't have superpowers, but she's a superwoman in business world. God bless her. Right. And she's, she's there for her kids. And I mean, it's anyways, it was just, I'm watching this with my wife and I'm like, this is incredible. Yeah. And it's not, it's not poorly put together. It's got good stories. It's got good special effects. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like this, there is an audience for this that just wants to see just a mom and dad doing whatever they can to be good people and help save the world and take care of their kids. See, that's part, again, I, here comes another running solid seven theme, but that's part of why we love the show Bluey so much. Oh, you're right. In our house. There's, yes. <clears throat> there's no apparent agenda Yep. There's there's none of the stuff that we're all arguing about from one side or the other yeah. for everything else. It's just cartoon dogs in this little family. Yep. Impossibly good parents. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just fun to watch and laugh. And it's just, it's like, you know, Saturday morning cartoons. Mm-hmm. Right now our kids can stream everything. But you and right. me, we wanted to watch cartoons. We had to get up on Saturday morning and do yep. it, right? The best. But there was a moral, right? Like every episode, sometimes somebody would come, He-Man would come up and close out the end of the episode in case <laughs> you didn't catch the moral, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, but that's, we use episodes of Bluey, these little six-minute, seven-minute episodes yeah. to illustrate good things for our kids, like good yep. behaviors, good principles, yeah. Whatever, just the idea of a, we call it a tactical we in our house and we stole the idea. A we, tactical what? A tactical we. We got yeah. it from Bluey. Weed. Bingo. No, we. W-E-E. A tactical we. A tactical we. Okay. Uh, the younger, the younger daughter is. on Bluey. One episode. The only time this gets mentioned, she does a tactical we. A tactical we is you go and try to pee even if you feel like you don't have to so that you don't have to later. And so you, like, where we so like this? every night before bed. Our kids brush their teeth and they do a tactical we. So cool. I don't feel like I need to pee. Cool. You're going to try. That's a tactical we. Just in case. Interesting. We're going to leave the house. I don't need to pee. Cool. Tactical we. Yeah. Um, and just all these little things that we'll reference from it. But there's just like none of the crap that the, all the rest of us are arguing about all the time. Right. It just doesn't exist in this magical, fictitious Australian world of dogs. That's really cool. You know, yeah. it's funny you say that because my boys watch that show. It's Australian, right? Yeah. So they, that's interesting because I don't know, I'm trying to think of what the culture is over there, why this movie or the show is whatever. Because I remember one episode, like, they were talking about death. Yeah. And they were talking about, like. Yeah, the budgie. It, the budgie dies. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's, like, it's like, what does death mean? They're asking the dad. He's like, you know, I don't know. He's like, it, it, it's going to hurt for a little bit. And I was just like, I'm, I'm kind of overhearing because I'm always trying to watch what my kids are watching yeah. to make sure it's safe, you know. And, uh, and then, so I'm like, I'm kind of overhearing this. I'm like, 
That is amazing. It reminds me, and we've talked about Ryan Holiday. We're fans. Um, we don't always agree on everything that he says, but he had this really cool philosophy that he said he was still learning. Daily Dad podcast yeah. is excellent. And so he said this, and it kind of reminds me of what you're saying, like um, basically what behavior are you celebrating or instilling in your children? I don't know if you heard this episode, but um, he says um, what, what um, behavior are you rewarding to? And he goes, we're always wanting them to do good on a test, good, treat their sisters nice, whatever. And he says, but the new thing that I'm going to start doing, and, I, and I, I haven't done this yet, but I, I was actually thinking about it yesterday. I was like, I need to start asking my kids this. And here's what it was. Who have you helped today? Did you help somebody in class today? Did you help a friend today? And he goes, and so Ryan Holiday is expressing this study he or book that he read. And so he's referring to somebody else's work on this. And he goes, I just love how practical that is to ask your children Hey, who have you helped today? And reward that behavior yeah. too, because it's practical. It's it's not theory. It's not like, well, in a perfect world, it, it's, I love advice that is like, oh, I, I think I could actually try to do this in my own personal world. And so I, I was thinking about literally yesterday, I was like, I need to ask my son, what person in your class, did you help anybody today? And reward that and celebrate that. Yeah. I just thought that was so brilliant. I don't I'm do it. Blue. I don't do it on the back end, just because, like, especially you know, five and three. I don't get many answers. You know, I I try and not do just the how was your day because you'll yeah. never get an answer to that. Right. Uh, but I do. Did you have a great day today? Yeah. What was yeah. your favorite thing? But That's even good. even that doing more more pointed. Right. Right. So yeah. get. No, I don't. Less, I don't yeah. remember. Well, who'd you play with today? Sometimes you get an answer. Sometimes you won't. Right. So you whittle down, right? That well, matters, did you ride yeah. bikes today, or did you color today? Did you do crafts today? Yeah. But. So I, I don't really ask on the back end, like, who did you help today? But yeah. every drop off, it's make good choices, be a helper. That's so good. Make good choices, be a helper today. Yeah. But it's because, like, you and I understand, like, the magic behind serving. Yeah. Right? Like, you, there's just more, the, there's more to it than you can really even explain. But if, if I try to explain it, it's just, I think, just that understanding that you're not the center of the universe and it's yeah. not all about you, yeah. whatever age you are in life. But I think yeah. the younger you grasp onto that, yeah. the better. And there's even a Bluey episode, the duck, <laughs> cake, the duck cake episode. If you watch the duck cake, listeners, Disney Plus, duck watch the duck cake episode. I want to okay. say Tell it's, me about it. it's season two. But it's Bingo's birthday. Bingo's the younger daughter. It's two daughters in this family. Mom, dad, two daughters. They're all dogs. Um, Roof. And so the mom, Chili, she's taking Bingo out for the day. Bingo wants a duck cake for her birthday. <laughs> so uh, the dad's going to try and make this duck cake, which is okay. a total... Dude, you'll identify with every bit of his experience trying to make yeah. this stupid cake. God help uh, but us. in the meantime, the girls had been playing with Legos or whatever and left them all over the place. And the dad is bandit. He's just trying to get Bluey to clean these toys up. Mm-hmm. And it starts with, in typical kid fashion, like, okay, but I'm only going to clean up my, my part, not bingos. Yeah. Fine. Just clean up your part. That's fine. <coughs> and so he's trying to make this cake. And she just keeps not doing it. She's playing. He's trying to bribe her, offers her a sticker, <laughs> offers her icing from the cake, yeah. whatever. It's just not going down. And she recognizes the struggle that he's having with this cake, right? And at one point, like, he's trying to put the head on the duck, and it, like, falls off. It's on the floor. It's a disaster. And he's, like, down and dejected, right? Like, slumps down on the floor against the cabinets, right? Because he's failed. And let me tell you, uh, ladies, you might never understand how 
hard failing our children hits we father as fathers. Yeah. Um it doesn't or get anything. it doesn't get much worse. No, but you're right. Yeah, that's the worst. And so, you know, Bluey's kind of encouraging him. He's like, well maybe we can turn this part into the head, you know, turn the neck into a head or whatever else. And so she kind of gives him a little pep talk, like let's keep going. He's like, okay, well let's just clean up the mess first. And she had already wiped it up and cleaned it up while he was sitting there slumped. And these are dogs. So he's like, Bluey, did you clean that up? And she says, oh, yeah, whatever. And his tail starts wagging. And so she realizes that what she, that her cleaning up his mess, how that made him feel and inf- uh, impacted mm-hmm. him. Yeah. The dad. And so she's like, oh, this, this feels good to have done this good thing and made right. him feel good. Yeah. And so then she ends up, she goes out and she cleans up all the toys. Mm -hmm. And so the mom gets back with the little sister and she, Bluey, did you clean all this up? She's like, yeah, I did. And the mom's tail starts wagging and Bluey gets it. And so then the younger sister running through knocks over a thing of toys that Bluey had just cleaned up. Uh, And so, you know, Bluey starts to clean it up and the mom's like, oh, don't worry about it. You don't need to clean that up. And she's like, I know. But it's like she had just learned that lesson so of cool. like serving. Like, no, yeah. I didn't make the mess, but I'll I'll serve and clean it up. Yeah. It's like a five, six minute episode. Amazing. And we can reference that. Like, same thing. It'll be like, guys, it's time to clean. We got to clean the living room up before we yeah. go to bed. And again, five and three. Well, I didn't get all this out. No, I know. But you know the duck cake episode? Yeah. You know how that makes the mom and dad and how good that makes Bluey yeah. feel? And it just clicks for them, right? Yeah. It's that object lesson. That's so cool. Um, and so, but just instilling stuff like that. And there's no, there's no political message yeah. in that. It doesn't have um, to be. And if there is, it's ground we can all agree on. Like, I, I don't think. Um, Love your neighbor, dude. Yeah. yeah. Right or left. Like who's not for like, let's serve others. Let's help others. Sure. Maybe we disagree on who should do it or how the to policy, do it, but we agree it should yeah. be done. Of course. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's finding those things is part of why I've been such a fan of the show, uh, seal team, which Mm -hmm. is on, it's moved. It's all on Paramount plus now it was on, I I can't remember where it was airing, but it was just, there's no, it's just this cool action show about these guys who are, who are dev grew, who are seal team six. I don't know how true it is to the dev grew life. I know there's former seal team six guys and executive producer, Mark Owen, uh, and whatever else. So maybe more accurate than some others. But I'm like, there's just no agenda. They're not trying to push anything on you. It's just, it's just, it just good fun television. It just yeah. doesn't have to be. Um, when you were telling that story, it reminded me of um, uh, Halloween night. So did I tell you that? I probably didn't. But so we're, it was a Sunday, right? Halloween was a Sunday. And so on Sunday nights, I'm usually home. We have church and I'm a pastor and we do the church thing on Sunday morning. And come home we're exhausted we usually get i usually get home around 2 30 on sundays finally uh whatever and so it's halloween night and my son was at a fall festival so he had tons of candy and because if start, you call it a fall festival yeah, it's, it's not, not halloween. halloween exactly yeah i yeah i'm like i don't understand uh, we're funny people we are funny people yeah but do, do the kids dress it's up? almost <laughs> like it's almost like the intent behind what you're doing makes a Correct. difference exactly it's almost like that yeah or yeah yeah putting a tree in your house is not rooted in paganism it's like what which hill are you gonna die on yeah. you know what i'm saying it's it's whatever i digress we are funny people you it's said like, the best 
We don't celebrate Halloween, we don't celebrate Satan's Halloween. holiday. I'm like, does Satan make peanut butter cups? Because that's what I'm celebrating. Amen. Yeah. Or yeah, <laughs> Satan gets made the day. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure this is the day that the Lord has made. Not to get all theological on you, but yeah, he can't own a day. I'm not yeah. going to cede that ground. I, it has been well ingrained in my children when it's like a pick your own thing out of the bucket thing. Orange, yeah. grab orange every time. Amen. God bless yeah. America. Um, anyway, so so whatever we did fall festival, which we don't celebrate Halloween, but we all get together in October and dress up as our favorite characters and eat candy around pumpkins. It's no. not Halloween no. though. Okay? You're don't celebrating the me. harvest. We're celebrating because the harvest. you're all farmers. Amen. So yep, Father Abraham. So here it is. I digress. So we're in our house, and then a thought occurs to me. You know, as a pastor, I'm going. You know, there are a lot of maybe hurting people in my neighborhood who you're going to hate this, but who would never, just because of the way our culture is, perceive religious people. And some of those criticisms are crazy valid and real. There have been a lot of religious people who have been jerks and corrupt and hypocritical. And I'm with people who are like, yo, I don't like those people. And Jesus was always upset with those people too, um, the hypocrite uh, Pharisee people. Anyways, I digress. So, I'm, But I'm thinking like, and I'm trying to be a good person. I'm trying to be a man of God. I'm trying to be a good pastor and love people and give and serve and take care of my neighbor. And a thought occurs to me is this. Um, what other day of the year are my neighbors going to come to my house and say hi or whatever? And so I said to Zion, my, fi- my five-year-old at the time, I was like, you know what? I said, there are a lot of friends in our neighborhood who didn't get any candy the other day. You know what? I'm going to turn the front porch light on and they're going to come to our house dressed up as all kinds of cool characters. Would you like to see some of the friends in the neighborhood do that? And then I said, would you want to give some of your candy to maybe some of the, the, and so this was so crazy. It's just like you're talking with that episode. Like, so he goes, Oh yeah, I'd love to give some of that. He's five. Like, I mean, like when I was five, I'm like, no dude, it's my candy. See yeah. you later, dad. Anyway. So then he, so then put on that light and it went a couple minutes, the doorbell rings. And these cute kids come over. They're all dressed up as characters and, you know, uh, for Satan's holiday. And uh, anyways, they all came over and uh, and he starts giving candy. And he's like, oh, I like your costume. And that's so cool. And then he, on his own, he goes, have a good night. God bless. I'm like, what? Are you a pastor's kid? So anyways, so we go do this for a couple hours. We run out of the candy that I set aside to give. And I said, we'll put some of your candy away. But let's, get, let's put some in here to give away. We run out of candy. And he goes, daddy. I got more candy. Um, let me give it away. He gives all his candy away. And I'm like, I'm like getting emotional thinking like, this is a really cool moment yeah. for my son to witness. Just, I know it's lame. It's not like solving world hunger or curing cancer, but it is this idea of selflessness, of giving, of just being kind to your neighbor. I'm like, so it was an amazing. So then Jericho, my two-year-old, he was all about it too. And he was like, he was giving the candy away. To, it was a really cute moment. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know what difference that made. Maybe not a huge one in the lives of my neighbors visiting, but for my family, for my son, just realizing, you know, it's you're not the center of the universe. Yeah. And, and every once in a while, you need to take care of somebody else. So that was a really, really cool moment. And so next Halloween, I'll, I'm probably going to do it. And, um, you know... It's going to be fun. What we like that's along those lines and tis the season is before birthdays and then before Christmas. Like we do a toy clean out. We're like, we're, cool. we're going to make room and we're going to donate because there's kids that don't get to have yeah. toys like this. Yeah. 
And we use Bluey as an object lesson That's again. So crazy. There's an episode called Mr. Monkey Jocks. This is <laughs> this is a He's stuffed. Got all the names this memorized. Is a stu- Dude, there's I don't know like a hundred and thirty some odd episodes out, and yes, I can name almost all of them. But it's it's the deal where they're trying to clean out. It's like, hey, let's donate. Like, let's do a keep yeah. trash donate pile. Yeah. And of course, the kids don't want to donate anything. Yeah. And they're saying everything is special. Everything is special. Right. And they get down to Mr. Monkey Jocks. This stuffed monkey with underwear mm-hmm. yeah. and they're like no he's special so dad's like oh you better prove it then and the mom <laughs> and the mom's like oh well you're gonna regret that right so there's this whole object lesson but they end up donating some yeah and mr monkey jocks gets donated but they or they end mm-hmm. the episode with a kid in the hospital the mom Jeez. got that kid mr monkey jocks right. from the little shop and the kid's thrilled and hugs it and they get to see that impact yeah and so of course, we don't do this all the time of, okay, let's clean out toys, but you use the advan- you know, you use birthdays, you use Christmas, whatever. We're going to, we're going to make some room. Right. And it's, oh, everything's special. And you don't want to get rid of everything. Yeah. We go, well, remember on Mr. Monkey Jocks, like, hey, we're going to get new stuff yeah. and we got to have room for the new stuff. But yeah. like, think about how happy the yeah. stuff that you don't play with anymore yeah. is going to make somebody who doesn't have, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, again, it's that object lesson, but it's that, it's who that service. Man. It's like not making it about I this, need to start watching this more stuff. Dude. <laughs> it's the bet. We say it all the time and people think we're being hyperbolic. It's the best show on television. It mm-hmm. entertains us. Kids will go down. No, it's funny. Kids will go down. It's still up on the TV. <laughs> we'll sit and watch it. Um, there, there's some episodes I'm telling, man, there's things in there and not like, innuendo not like other cartoons and stuff will do it but there's stuff that's in there that's just for the parents and it's it's fantastic wow um but yeah teaching those lessons so there's there's such a demand for that though right like just like just have a good family trying to be good like that's enough yeah that's enough. And there's a reason why it's on Netflix or whatever it's on. It's on Disney Plus. Disney which Plus. Which is problematic in and of itself Jeez. for some for I some bet people. You that, that, I bet you anything, though, that that show has higher ratings than all the other stuff that's out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it does. Jeez. Pretty good. They finally well, had they finally had the actors that voiced the mom and dad. They were on The Tonight Show. Wow. And they were meeting in person for the first time. What? Like two or three days before that. Yeah. So now there's a new Bluey live show touring. And yeah. I think it was launching in New York, and I think they were there for that launch. But because in uh, several episodes uh, back, we had Jeannie Toronto on. You know Jeannie. Yeah. And Jeannie's a professional voice actress. And so we really got into kind of what's so cool about that industry and stuff. But it's just they had never needed – there was no reason before for them to be in the same room to record this show and produce it. That's nuts. So, and it's just you listen to it and you think there's, there just can't be any way these people aren't in the same room having this conversation. Yeah. But they met, they met in person for the first time, like two or three. This is like just a week or two that ago. That is bananas. They were on, uh, what's the one with Jimmy Fallon? That's Tonight Show, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. Either way, yeah. they, they were on there. That's yeah. awesome. So it was, it was pretty cool <clears throat> to, to see. Yeah. That is cool. So we pivoted off superhero talk real quick, and I feel like I'm playing the old school Josh role where we're having very serious conversations, and I'm like, hey, what about this? Yeah. Um, but the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Looked incredible. Holy Looked cow. Incredible. Now, I've talked a lot of smack about this phase of the MCU. It's garbage. And it's all been warranted. I with agree. the exception of Spider-Man, which was 100%. fantastic. Yes. Everything they else. They pulled out every bell and whistle that yeah. they could possibly do. And I don't think they I don't think there could be another Spider-Man that tops 
bringing Tobey Maguire, the Garfield kid, like, uh, I don't think. It, it was so good. But, man, I think this Guardians movie is I agree. going to deliver. I agree. And to see, like, I, we talk about Chris Pratt probably more than is normal or acceptable on this podcast yeah, that's hosted weird. by a heterosexual male. Um, but even just, like, to see him, like, he was great as Andy, but that's a very specific thing, right? He, like, he was phenomenal right. on Parks and Rec. Um, and I get that he had been on stuff before that, but it was like teen girl stuff, like One Tree Hill or whatever that stuff no was. Clue. <laughs> and I had I didn't know about him before Parks and Rec. So it's like a lot of people can be good at a thing and not good at everything, but just to see the actor he's become, and there's that scene in the trailer he's where crying, he's like right? screaming yeah. in agony. And I'm just like, dude, he is a legit, well-rounded actor, what man. Was the one I don't know if it was good. I can't remember. It all blends. But there was one Chris Pratt movie where he's like on a spaceship and he wakes up and he's supposed to be sleeping. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember the name of it. It's but with uh, what's it's her with name Jennifer from Lawrence? The Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was good. The greatest was... and the only woman actress that had an action role. Did you hear about this? No. Oh, she came out like within the last couple of days of uh, at least this episode where she was like, I was the first female action movie star and everyone's going and even the interviewer was like yeah good for you like you've really you've really you know trailblazed here and everyone's going are you insane like Sigoni Weaver uh Sarah Connor yeah like Wonder Woman Supergirl I'm like what are you talking yeah. about and so whatever God bless her I think she got reamed for it but but no, you were not the first female action hero. I would take Sigoni Weaver over you any day of the year. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. It it gets so tough sometimes. Um, Being under the microscope. Well, that, but to separate like these actors in Hollywood from their characters, um, to where but that's a bold claim for anybody. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Say. But I mean, that, I'm the first. But that's just speaking out of the ideology she believes yeah, in and has course. bought into and has been fed. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just not surprised by yeah, it. And she's, she's made she's other comments or something. And, um, but it, you know, I just hate when it's like Mark Ruffalo, God bless, oh. God bless him. We couldn't yep. be more polar opposites yep. in our, in our beliefs. Matt Damon. And so I just can't like, I don't like, you know, talking to MCU, I don't like what they've done with smart Hulk and stuff anyways, sure. but I can't see Hulk. All I see is him. I just can't even enjoy mm. the character. Yeah. That's where it's like a, a Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks. And I, if I was a betting man, I'd bet we don't agree on right. much politically, <laughs> societally, whatever, but I don't know. And yeah. he doesn't feel like I need, it's important that I know. Right. Yeah. Like he should, my job's to act. Well, I'm going to act. Dixie Chicks philosophy yeah. too, right? Like shut up and sing. I saw that's a, what we came. I saw for. a clip of Elvis the other day, um, an old interview. He's up on stage, and I can't remember what the reporter asked him. It was about something political. I think it was maybe about the war because he did go to, yeah. you know, to war and whatever else. And he's like, "Oh, darling, nobody wants. To, I'm a singer. I I try and yep. like nobody wants to hear my opinion on that." Yeah. And, you know, then they were even like, well, what do you even think about what these people are saying about it? He's like, that's not my place to say. Nobody wants to hear that from me. Yeah. I'm like, where is that? Yes. So where refreshing. is that? So refreshing. Like to yeah. think that because I want to hear you sing and we'll, I'll recognize your talent in that. Or to think that because I want to see you act and I'll recognize your talent in that. that yeah. 
and, and you're not saying that I don't care if they share their opinion or yeah. post their opinion, but don't think that because of your fame that your opinion is more valid than maybe somebody else's. Well, and like, or your money. if I can recognize the potential for hypocrisy here, right? Like I sit and offer opinions on this stuff. It's part of what we sit and talk about here yeah. um, on the podcast, but I'm not like offended or shocked if somebody doesn't want to listen or if it's not their thing yeah. or if, or if they disagree. And so, you know, like they'll to act like it's unfair for there to be impact to be like, uh, I'd just rather not but, watch but your movies because you I can't see your characters but you anymore. Argue for them to be removed from the public square. You know, like I yeah. wouldn't argue. I, I will. I want Mark Ruffalo to share his yeah. point of view till well, it's blue in the face. And dude, speaking of which, uh, have you been following the Twitter files yes. stuff? Whole not super close, but everything that that like that quote-unquote Alex Jones tinfoil hat people were saying, it seems at this point that there was a lot of legit, real censorship, shadow banning. Um, so, listeners, unless you live under a rock, and maybe even then, you're aware Elon Musk bought Twitter. Yeah. Grossly overpaid for it. 100%. He was overpaying for it a little bit when he made the offer. He was overpaying for it a lot by the time the deal went through. Um, and has made sweeping changes. Yeah. Um, he's laid off like 75% of the staff. Yeah. Some of those left of their own volition because yeah. they didn't like the new work expectations. Um, I've been, I can't even remember how long I've been on Twitter. It was just like, I got the notification, my anniversary date. I've been on for a long time. Yeah. I was an early adopter. As a matter of fact, I was so early that at our old employer, I created accounts for what we were doing without even asking. Yeah. And came into a staff meeting. You won't remember this, but you should. You were probably playing with cards or something. True. Um, I was like, hey, I did this. I think it's going to be a big deal. I think I kind of And everybody kind of scoffed at me like, uh, whatever. Right. And then it blew up. Um, and we probably hold those same Twitter accounts now. Um, but I've been a big f- f- Twitter fan forever. I've never left. I've never been off of it. I- I've never whatever. It is like there are things. There's, it's noticeably better since Elon really took it on. I'm not um, on there enough, but you know, like spam and bots and all that stuff is down. You're seeing more from people that you were following. If you were following more conservative mm-hmm. people, um, and, uh, but man, he's doing this whole Twitter files thing now where he's like, no, we're going to be fully transparent, including on what was done before. Cause he's yeah. got access to all that stuff. And he's releasing it through reporters who used to be in traditional media but are now working independently. Yeah. Uh, so the first set of things he released was through uh, a guy named Matt, Matt Taibbi. Something, yeah. Um, you can find him on Substack. He used to work for the, he used to be a reporter. He's an investigative reporter. Yeah, he used to work for the New York Times. Not a conservative. And this wasn't just a, here, let me like, as I understand the situation, it wasn't like a, here, let me cherry pick and give you information that we yeah. found. This was like a, you can search like, Opening up the archive, you can search through our stuff. So Matt Taibbi released Twitter files. Part one was all this information about all the coordination that happened behind the scenes before the election in 2020 to suppress the New York post story about Hunter Hunter Biden's laptop, which, um, was heavily suppressed. Yep. Um, which, Oh yeah. Like you couldn't share links to it. You'd get pop-ups if you did post about it. Yeah. But even then, like this was being refuted in the media. This is is Russian disinformation. This is whatever. And now however many years down the road, 
No, even when it doesn't matter. Left wing media, mainstream media, everybody's saying no. It's we've looked at this and this was and this stuff's verifiable. Yeah. Um, and this story was heavily suppressed. So Matt Taibbi did that well just today. Yesterday um, was round two, and oh gosh, I can't remember the reporter's name. She used to be at the New York Times too. She's doing her own thing on Substack um, now. Um, but it's all about it's a breakdown of all of the shadow banning and suppression mm-hmm. that like people from Twitter have sat before congressional committees. They've sat Lied. before Joe Rogan, which might even be more important than those With congressional Tim committees, Poole, right? The girl, um, the lady and be like, we don't shadow ban. We don't whatever. And I mean, you're seeing screens where they're categorized Jeez. as like they're ban- like, um, trending blackout. So you can't, no matter what's going on, you're not going to appear in trending and just reducing reach and all this stuff. And yeah. uh, libs of TikTok was was a big one that showed up and just all this Which stuff. so where, stupid. I'm like, why, why are you mad at them all, for posting? All libs of TikTok does is repost right. things. Yeah. It's, they're, it's they're hilarious. Not, it's like, no, yeah. So my thing with all this is like, I think there are enough people in America who would say, I'm not right, I'm not left, I'm what you might call the radical middle. Like, I'm probably, and as I, as I am a conservative, I, I when I finally came to the understanding of my worldview and why I lean that way, it's basically like I want a, I know how corruptible I am. Yeah. I know how how hypocritical I am. And I'm going, like, that's why I want a smaller government because – even even the the people who agree with me politically, like they're still corruptible just as much as I am. Like, just I want less people screwing up my life. I mean, I know that's really like boiling down to the lamest way to say it, but that's that's ultimately like my arguments and my political view. And so, anyways, but so I think there are though enough people in America who would say I'm the radical middle because there's crazy on both sides. Undeniably true. So here's my thing, even with this, even with COVID, even with all this stuff, it's like it should be honestly the best idea wins. Yeah. Not my guy, not my girl, not my side. It should be freedom to express a point of view and then committed to truth, committed to uh, accountability. Like that that doesn't exist right now, at least on the loud polarized voices. It's it should be it should be that. Like on the covid stuff, like it shouldn't be, well, this guy who agrees with me politically said this, so it must be no, it should be best idea even in the atheist worldview, like, you know, like committed to science, yeah. committed to logic. Like I want I want to be uh, like that's the fundamental uh, not that that's atheistic, but that's the fundamental drive of science. It it is that. It's the relentless pursuit of truth. And like, I don't care if I'm wrong. In fact, I want you to prove me wrong yeah. because I'd rather be true and not living in error. And so like, that's what this Twitter thing is doing. It's, it's just, it's just opening up and I don't understand the section, whatever legal or political thing that they're, 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 um, what is it? They're not, they're a platform. They're not a, I don't know they're, not they a, they're not a publisher. Publisher, they, that's it. Yeah. Well, and that, but that's the argument. But that's the problem. That's the argument, right? Because, um, like newspapers, like there, there is you are um, liable for libel and for, uh, I think it's slander. Sl- yeah. I think libel's written, slander spoken. Yeah. Um, same thing, different format, right? So, but when you have editorial oversight, then you're you're liable for those things. Yeah. So the argument is that as as Facebook, as Instagram, as 
it, Twitter, you know, take your pick parlor truth, the new, you know, the newer sure. ones, um, that, you know, we don't have work editorial, whatever. Well, at the point that you're determining what gets seen and what doesn't, and to one extent, yes, you're editorializing. Yes. So, th- so there, so there's issues there. But just Elon's uh, commitment to just what is at this point radical transparency. Yeah. And it's just it's been so funny to watch because all he knows how to do is win. Yeah. Um, and so it was. <laughs> Oh, it's going to fail. He's going to destroy it. Yep. Um, no one's how's it going to function it. without half the staff? Their user numbers are higher than right. they've ever been. Um, quote unquote hate speech is actually down. Right. Advertisers are returning. Yeah. Um, you know, the story. Because uh, money talks. The story, yeah. he, he, he turned to the story in a matter of days from, oh, well, if they're not going to um to filter out this hate speech um you know they're probably not meeting the standards of the google play store of the app store and maybe twitter will just get removed right so i went from that to oh no i was at apple's campus today i met with tim cook we're in no danger of being Mm -hmm. removed oh and apple's returning all of their advertising to to twitter like all he can do is win yes and i mean these people that have been colluding the uh the more mainstream media um, that has just ignored various stories, helped suppress various stories. Right. Like they're as exposed as anybody here. Yes. Because if, you know, if you're somebody where the, the truth of the Hunter Biden laptop story, I don't think we know everything there yet. Sure. There's no story to Hunter Biden's a scumbag who's of been course. trading on the family name in bad right. ways. We all accept that, I think, at this Nobody point. Nobody doubts that. Um, the question is, to what extent was all of that done with his father's knowledge or participation mm-hmm. or whatever? Right. Which, that's where the the real potential for, um, you know, a, a bombshell with the, with the, the, with the laptop. the boards on, like, what, what qualifies him to be on certain boards right, right, right. other than the Biden name? Um you know, so, and, and I haven't seen that proven one way or the other, but that's, that's where the danger for the administration lies in the laptop sure. of like, oh, if this proved like coordination or collusion in these dealings yeah. on the part of his father with his knowledge, with his involvement, that's, mm-hmm. that's problematic. Of course. Um, but, you know, if you're a voter, you voted for Joe Biden. Um, but if you believed that that laptop story was true, that would have swayed your vote. Yeah. But the media just didn't report it fairly. How do you feel about that? Like the media is supposed to be the quote unquote fourth branch of government. Sure. Right. Speaking truth our, whole, to power. our whole government's built on checks and balances. Yes. They're supposed to be the check on right. all of them. That's why the press is free. That's intentional. They're yeah. not officially the fourth branch of government, but that's, that's the saying, that's the point. And so just seeing that, yeah, you know, even where, whether or not you want to look at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, these social media agencies as press, as media, to see their their collusion with either like the FBI or with a political campaign, yeah, of saying no, please reduce reduce back. the reach on this, hide this thing, what you know, whatever, all while claiming that they weren't doing yeah. that at all. Yeah, it makes it's it's not just the campaign, of course. 
Like, really, it doesn't make the campaign look, the Biden campaign at the time, sure. look bad. Of course they didn't want. Like, I'm not mad at them for saying, hey, we'd like for this story not to see the light of day. Right. If they weren't asking for that, somebody at the campaign wasn't yeah. doing their job. Um, but Twitter going, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of that. We'll remove it's that. Handled. We'll reduce yeah. the reach. Yep. We'll. Uh, and then... What gets real interesting, right, is that this attorney at Twitter that was still at Twitter under Elon, yeah, who actually happened to be an attorney at and for the FBI, who was involved in like the Russian dossier and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. was filtering through, was at Twitter and filtering through these files before they were going to like Matt Taibbi mm. and pulling out things that showed. Uh, collusion, participation with the FBI. Yeah. Participating with the FBI requesting that certain things. Sure. It's insane. Yeah. It's like a screenplay. It really is. <clears throat> what was it? Uh, Breitbart who said everything that they accuse you of doing, they're probably doing it themselves. You know, you know what you haven't heard on Twitter right now lately is make your own Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard that one yeah, time. Well, your, build your own Start Twitter your own free. platform. Yeah, start your own. Cool. It's like now we want to cancel this one because of transparency. And and there's no – even for somebody who disagrees with me politically, I would really genuinely stand arm in arm with them and defend their right to share their point of view in the open square. Yes. I really would. I really would. I mean it sincerely. I mean an atheist, somebody who disagrees, wants me canceled, wants – I want their point of view because I feel like if my – Ideas are rooted in truth and reality. They're going to stand the test of time. They're going to weather the storm. And so I just can't understand somebody who is an ideologue potentially who would say, are you telling me that if Trump's kids were freaking snorting Parmesan cheese and they have a art uh, gallery and they're not disclosing who's buying the paintings for hundreds of thousands of dollars. You're telling me that that doesn't just at least smell fishy, like, like a red lobster dumpster. Like a, that has to be seriously, like how can you have those two opinions in your mind and say nothing to see here? Yeah, It's so, it's frustrating. Cause you're just going like, dude, for real. Like if Trump was doing that, I'd say, hold him accountable. Like I want Republicans held accountable. Yeah. I want them. I want them legally held accountable no matter what like it should be that way like even if my team loses if we're committed to at least trying to be open and fair and transparent there's just no i don't see a downside to that yeah you you the only way freedom of speech matters the only way freedom of speech works is if it applies to all speech if it only matters if it applies to abhorrent speech awful speech, grotesque speech, because what else needs protection? But here's the problem is when you say, oh, well, we only want to ban hate speech. Who chooses hate speech? Cool. Who's going to define it? Yeah. Because you're only okay with it Mm -hmm. while your side is defining it. Right. Yeah. And your side's not always going to be in charge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then anytime, well, you know, the other thing that Elon's doing is getting child pornography off Twitter. I'm like, can we not just all go, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. You know, because if the Ayatollah is still on Twitter, if they're literally the most anti-Semitic, anti-LGBTQ, whatever the alphabet is now, like 
if they're if they're still on there and conservatives aren't, I just well, I cannot see those I two saw, opinions. I, I think this was together. from an interview clip that I didn't see, but I, I read like a recap of it. Uh, Charlie Kirk, who I think he's with Turning Point USA. Yes. I'm not the biggest Charlie Kirk fan. He's a little his his style. It's, yeah, it's a little too abrasive. It's a little like, too. Come on, dude. Just I've just never normal. been a fan, even of people that might agree with me more ideology ideologically. I think the people who are just grenade throwers, you're yeah. not going to win hearts and minds with that. Okay. You're trying to sell books and TV spots and it, and sure. it works. Um, and so, you know, I don't hate Charlie. He's just not my guy. I don't follow I stuff, but I, I saw him being quoted speaking about this issue with the latest Twitter files release. Elise Stefanik, I think is, is the reporter that is reporting this set that got, that's doing this reporter. Um, and, uh, but saying like my account had more restrictions than like the Ayatollah in Iran. I know. Insane. Yeah. And so I didn't hear this, but that makes sense. We we all and even this is very, very tricky. Where we all agree to draw the line is on incitement to violence. Of course. But the problem is now that there's a large subset of our populace that thinks speech is violence, that thinks yes. being disagreed with is violence. Right. Um, and so no, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. You can when there's if not there a, a fire. If there is yeah. a fire, right? Um, and so I think even even if it's drawn from public sources and information, I think quote unquote doxing. I think giving out somebody's address, yep. talk, their place of work, talking about yep. their kids. I think that's a little problem. I, 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 It certainly crosses some obvious moral lines, particularly drawing people's children into things. Yeah. Um, but, t- but Twitter can have that standard. And if we yeah. sign up to follow it, then we'll, we'll or adhere to where, it. Where, you know, like Andy, Andy No, NGO, uh, who's uh, an independent reporter, but he's reported on Antifa more than I think any other entity oh, in the, the country. Asian guy, right? Yes. Yeah. Who's actually a homosexual. Yeah. Um, but he's, you know, he's a fascist, he's right-wing, he's whatever, which he's none of those things. He's very liberal, yeah. but he's reported heavily on Antifa. He was heavily insult, assaulted, had a, had a brain bleed. Yep. Um, no one was arrested. No one's been charged in the assault Ugh. on him while he was reporting at an Antifa rally. And they'll regularly like report, like if they think he's going to be at a thing or at a place, so like insane. they're, it's, it's basically an attack order. Like they're looking yeah. for Where's someone to do Asian harm. Why that stop trending? So, I think when you're very obviously Partisan. trying to call, calling for harm, calling yes. for injury. Um, but I think it even gets tricky with things like, but that is a call to violence, right. which is illegal. But see, so then what the, you know, you'll hear the term dog whistle. Oh, well they weren't obviously saying it, but yeah. they were saying this other thing that was, Tongue in cheek. It was a wink and a nod to go yeah. do that thing. Yeah. I think even that stuff, right or left, I would rather err on the side of letting those things go. Right. In the name of keeping speech as free as it possibly sure. can be. Unless you can show me documentation, unless you can show but me you can't. like you can't here's, quantify that. Here's emails or communication from this group meeting where it's like, oh, when you hear this thing, this is what it actually means. Right. If you know, if you hear somebody say, Oh, somebody should really send Jason flowers. We've got documentation that shows yeah. what they mean is you should go spray paint his house, break his windows, you right. know, break his legs. The challenge you know, is quantifying that, right? right? Yeah. And so, you know, we've lost this concept of, and Benjamin Franklin warned us about this, right, of dangerous freedom. 
yeah. right? Uh, of, of trading security for freedom. It's a bad deal. Yeah. It's a bad deal. Um, and I, I prefer dangerous freedom to, you know, it's that we talked about right and left and, you know, Elon talks about the center 80. He's like, if the, if the, if the ten percent, the temper, if the ten percent on the way out on the right and the ten percent way out on the left are mad about Twitter, I'm in the right spot, mm. right? Because yeah. the rest of us, you know, everybody else is in the eighty percent. Well, I say I'm a centrist, and I've talked about this on here. Of I don't, I don't like the right left spectrum. I like to look at, at government from zero to one hundred. Zero government is anarchy. One hundred percent is tyranny. I'm a centrist. I want to be in the middle, closer to tyranny. I want just enough government to protect my rights without too much, without enough power to trample it. That's that's the goal, yeah. right? And that's a little more dangerous. I agree. I'm not a child. I don't want you to keep me safe, and it's not government's role to keep me safe. Yeah, how can you be safe? Unless you're, um, but I lean, you can't be safe anywhere. I lean that 100%. way on speech, right? Because, again, obvious incitement to violence Abs absolutely. Of course. Um, and even think, you know, but the problem is like, how do you know? Like, so when the, when the guy shot up the, the baseball, the Senator baseball game, yes. the Bernie Sanders baseball game, the congressional, whatever. Like, well, he was a Sanders supporter. Right. But I wouldn't and, go, and no one Sanders would say like is, is responsible for no, that. No, I couldn't disagree with Bernie Sanders politics more. 100%. But he didn't call for anything like that. He didn't incite that. He was a He's crazy not at person. fault for that. Yes. And he happened to be a Bernie Sanders yeah, supporter. It was the but then I don't go all Bernie Sanders supporters, they're they're mass shooters. Yeah, it was the act the of a madman. The problem is that they don't apply that equally. To, to a conservative-leaning person who does something horrific. Like, hold that person accountable. Put that person well, in prison forever. That's like, um, you know, Sarah Palin got, yeah. got hit, right? After, um, after Gabby Giffords got shot right. at a rally because Sarah Palin had done a graphic on her website or in a mailer about congressional districts that needed to be targeted. There it is. Yeah. Now, every reasonable human being understands right, that that's like— mean. Targeted for challenging, for, yeah. for challenging the incumbent, targeted for winning. We all understand that wasn't sure. an incitement to violence. We all know that. Yeah. And so it's so just, and that's where that, that uh, okay, well, yes, yeah, speech should be protected, but not incitement to violence. Well, this is where I'm like, okay, but like that standard needs to be real strong because otherwise you're going to use it disingenuously yeah. in instances like that. And so there's this, there's this concept with the law uh, and it's, it's that I'd rather a hundred guilty men go free than one innocent man be sentenced. Mm. That's why our standard for guilt is so high yeah. in this country, right? That's why it has to be proven beyond the shadow of a doubt, yeah. right? A shadow of a doubt is real broad mm. or beyond reasonable doubt, right? Right. Oh, well, aliens came down and shot them, not me. Well, that's not so much reasonable doubt, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but that's the idea of like... That, that standard lends itself towards somebody guilty getting off more so than somebody innocent being convicted, that reasonable doubt. And it's the same thing. Like, I want that level, I want to apply that level to freedom of speech, reasonable yeah. doubt. Yeah. Uh, because the, the freedom of speech is right. that yeah, it's important. Not, not everything's a dog whistle. I was looking up this quote I had, um, you know it probably, Dwight D. Eisenhower. I can't remember if I like him or not, but freedom has been defined as opportunity for self-discipline. Yeah. I'm like, that's a good, that's a good thing. Like 
it's not, are we free? It's like, how are we going to use our freedom to be, I don't know. It just makes me think of this conversation. And that's what I've talked about on the podcast before. Um, We're nowhere. It's, it's funny, but you know, land of the free home of the brave, right? America, freedom, raw dude. Our founders, our founding fathers would be stacking bodies. This is not a call to violence. I'm not calling for armed revolution. I'm not calling for civil war, but I'm saying they went to war over taxes, over far less, far less tyranny. Yes. Right. They had far more freedom as British citizens in the colonies than we have right now. They were not as regulated as we are right now. Um, They, they were not as taxed. Mm-hmm. As we are right yeah. now, you work till I can't even remember what day of the year just to pay your taxes. If you're somebody who's it's like actually, it, February, it's insane. Right? Yeah. The pers- so I'm like, dude, they, I'm not saying we should start this now because they yeah. gave us an awesome system of government where we can fix these things at the ballot box and not with the cartridge box. Sure. Um, but they would have been stacking bodies. Yes. Right. But so, so are we, near as free as they intended us to be. Are we as free as American citizens were the day the constitution was ratified? Absolutely not. Yep. I also don't know if where we're at in society right now, if we're okay to be that free. And here's what I mean. Part of what the founders, what the founders struggled with in declaring independence in becoming free was, are we good enough? Right. Are we a moral, a moral, a moral enough people right. to be free? Because if people are going to be this free, they have to govern themselves. Right. They have to police themselves. If they're not moral enough, if we're not moral enough, if yeah. we're not good enough, yeah. this thing's going to fail. If we're redefining and truth. And I'll take it a step farther. If, if we're good enough and we're moral enough now, but we ever become not good enough and not moral enough, this thing will fail. Yeah. And that's part of where I think we find ourselves sure. now. And yeah, so it's we can't like, agree on anything. Yeah. Now. So we're not as free as they intended us to be. I also don't know if, if we could if handle that cap- level of freedom. If we're capable. But I do know this, and this is what they struggled with too. Um, no, maybe we're not good enough, but the people who are making the decisions about our freedom now are, are no better. Yeah. Right. Um, so, and so, uh, yeah, not as free as we should be, not as free as we were intended to be. I don't know if we're good enough to be yeah. that free. I don't know if we're a moral enough people yeah. right now to be that free. Yeah, and so then the question comes to how do we fix this? And it's being better husbands and fathers and moms and, and people who, like, the only way we're going to live legitimately, yeah. like, we're not going to fix this in a ballot box tomorrow. No. We have to start at home. We have to start yeah. with teaching values. I like, I like what Dennis Prager said that he trained his kids to say when they asked him. Right, Taylor, he'll just do you, um, where he says, when, when people ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want you to tell them this. I want to be a good person. Like, I want to be a good person. I don't care what you are. I don't care if you're a firefighter or a garbage truck man. Like, be a good person. And so, like, it has to, and then again, that comes down to personal responsibility. That comes down to self-government. That comes down to just being somebody who is rooted in something outside of your objective perspective of, 
of morality. It's like, no, there is right and wrong, and I need to do my best to not be perfect, but strive for better. And that is not a conversation. That is not a message that is shared in, in our in our culture right now. No, we, me, 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 yeah, me, me. Yeah, and I'm a victim, and I'm a martyr, and it's like, okay, who wins the Olympics on who's the worst yeah. and most oppressed? It's like, okay, yes. Everyone's been dealt a hand and you got to make it work. And if I do something wrong, it's not my fault. Yeah. It's like, no, hold yourself accountable and, oh, God help us. So yeah, man. <laughs> well, dude, we, we did it. We have done That's it. It's a solid, it's a solid two hours. I, yeah. I say it's a solid eight today. Here we go. I know. I think you're overselling that. We, I, it is worth saying on here for, for those that don't follow on social media, mm-hmm. I think we all, you know, Spotify. It was a pretty major podcast provider, distributor. Um, they do something called Spotify Wrapped every mm-hmm. year. They do it for their music. A lot of people, I think they're probably bigger than anybody as a music provider, as a streaming service, I would say. Um, but uh, they, so they do a Wrapped and they'll be like, oh, this was your most listened to song this year. This was your most listened to genre, all this stuff. Well, they do that for podcasts. It's amazing. And stuff too. So we had, now, most of our plays aren't from Spotify. It's mm-hmm. big, but it's not the biggest chunk. Uh, most of our listeners, God bless them, are listening on Apple Podcasts, Amen. on Apple devices, as one does. But the the stats that came in through Spotify were pretty interesting. They were pretty fun. And so it's for amazing. those of you that uh, that don't listen on Spotify, I thought I'd share some of that with you on this episode. Share it. And so um, favorite, biggest episode, uh, top episode of the year? Mine. Sadly, shockingly, no. How dare you? Uh, episode 67, Brian Littlefield from uh, Jocko Fuel. Amazing. Of so, course. So if you haven't listened to episode 67, that was awesome. people seem to like it. So go and uh, check that out. Now, at the point that they pulled the stats, uh, we had put out 44 episodes. Uh, that's going to be low by the end of the year because we publish every week. I took one week off, first time since we started the podcast. You are not Thanks- committed. Thanksgiving week, took a week off, so we'll only have uh, 51 episodes this year. But 44 episodes, <laughs> thousand minutes of podcast published. Amazing. You're welcome. That is You're awesome. welcome. Listen to you, in 11 countries. I think our country count is higher, but yeah. 11 countries uh, via Spotify. We increased, because of course you can listen to a podcast and not be a follow, you don't have to follow it, you don't have to subscribe, though we would certainly encourage you to do that. 80% increase in followers on Spotify this year. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Let's see. We did the 5.3 thousand. So I've got, when when we started the podcast, it's annoying because when you're publishing, they make you kind of pick a category put yourself in yeah, and, and you can't pick more than one, which doesn't fit a podcast like this, but it started out with te- true. started out with tech and I've actually changed it to society and culture. I feel like that's a little more overarching. Better, There's a news ish category, maybe that, but in the society and culture category, we published more than 99% of the other creators in the category. Come on, dude. Top 1% um, of, uh, of content created and published. Uh, top countries out of those 11, United States, no shock there. Amen. Japan, Israel, Australia, and Germany. Guten Tag. on, dude. So Australia, there's our Bluey listeners there. And uh, we were in the top 15% most shared globally Gosh. Across, all, across all Spotify podcasts. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're in the top 15% with podcasts like Joe Rogan, Fake Doctors, Real Friends, Office ladies, Tim Ferriss, we're all in the top 15%. 
Yep. Don't worry about where we're at in the top. We are, we're in the top 15% <laughs> with them. Actually, uh, I saw uh, our good friends uh, over at the Jedberg uh, podcast. Of course, Fran came on. That was a fantastic episode. Fran Richopi, um, awesome stats, all of them better than mine. I'm so happy. So happy for you, Fran. But no, they put up awesome. Uh, I think they were maybe so in the cool. top 10% or something like that. And they had some, some really awesome stats. So we're in that top 15%. With, uh, with the Jedberg podcast, too. We're in the top 25% of most followed podcasts Insane. on Spotify, yeah. which to me means we're probably at least a solid seven and a half. I think that's true. I'm not changing the name, but I think that means if we're... If we're you should go seven and a half. If we're more followed than 75% of the podcasts yeah. on mm-hmm. Spotify... I, I think you should go solid seven and a star. Yeah, so, I think yeah. And, and and this one really, listeners, this is where you come in. And of course, like being one of the most followed is awesome. And one of the best things you can do to support the podcast, to help other people find the podcast, mm-hmm. is just whatever you're listening on to subscribe or follow. Sure. Because the algorithms for whoever you're listening through, um, the more they see a podcast get rated and get good ratings, the more they see it get shared, the more follows they see, the more likely they are to, to show mm-hmm. it to other people, yeah. to put it in top list, to put it in recommendations. Um, so um, this one was so cool. Just listeners scored your podcast five, like our, our rating across all of Spotify for all the ratings we got this year, which Spotify just added ratings. If I'm correct wow. about that this year, uh, was a five. And so obviously none of that stuff happens without the listeners. And so definitely worth taking a minute just to say, thank you. Thank Super you for cool. listening. Thank you for, for sharing. You know, we were in the, some of the top numbers for shared uh, podcasts and follows and stuff. And none of that happens without listeners. And it's just, it's just really cool. So thought those stats were awesome. We're not done. It's true. Not done. There's still time. There's still started. time left this month. Centennial. And uh, we're not going anywhere. But yeah, we're we're coming. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to uh, to work on some big guests for the hundredth episode and for the two year episode, both of which are coming up quick uh, next on, year. Dude. I've thought about like I'm not an Oprah person. I don't believe in the secret. I'm not a whatever. Uh, anybody else that listens to Fake Doctors, Real Friends, that's the Scrubs podcast. That's got Zach Braff and Donald Faison on it. Zach Braff's a big believer in like whiteboarding, like to put it on the whiteboard. But, yeah. and, and so there's some, something to that, like keeping that thing, that goal present in front of you. And I do yeah. have, I don't have it on a whiteboard, but I do have like a wish list of guests. And I'm thinking about maybe, maybe I'm just going to start putting that out there. You listen to the podcast, you like the podcast, six degrees of separation. Maybe somebody's connected to somebody who's connected to some of them and be like, Hey, this podcast is awesome. I listen all the time. I know they'd love to have you on. You should do it. No, man. So maybe, cool. maybe I'll, maybe I'll put the, no, that's true. I mean, yeah. scripture talks about making the vision plain so you can fulfill it. So I, I agree with that. It's not, it, it's uh the reticulator activating system is one way it's called. It's also called the frequency illusion, you know, where you see it more often yes. because it's on your mind. And so I, I believe in that dude, like you get something in front of you, you make it plain, you make it simple. You're going to, you're going to go for yeah. it. And so for whatever this is worth, I'm super happy for you proud if whatever that's worth of of what you've accomplished means and nothing coming from true. you yeah but the fact but here's the deal and like anybody listening it's just true like there's there's so many people we talk about this all the time like there's so many people that just say one day i'm going to or someday you know what i should do i should write that book i should ask this person out i should try to go after this job or maybe grow my side hustle to where i could leave my main job or whatever 
And like the fact that you just said, I want to start a podcast and you talked about it for however long, but then you were like, I'm going to do it. And the reason why you've been successful and those stats pan this out is because you put the reps in and that should be like for anybody, like in the, wherever they're on life, like you want to get results. You have to do the work. You have to show up. And what is this? 86, 87? I think you're 89. 89. Like, I mean, dude, like that's humongous. The average podcast. And I, I think I've told you this before. Go last seven yeah. or eight. It's it's absurd. And most people give up because they're not getting the whatever. And so, man, there there's power and repetition. And so good on you, man. Well, Jason, we appreciate you. As always, listeners, we appreciate you. If you wouldn't mind, take a minute, stop by the website, solid7podcast.com, solid the number seven podcast.com, where you can always find current links to the latest episodes just like this one. Uh, there's links to our affiliates there. And of course, uh, supporting them, uh, you know, not only supports the podcast, but we thoroughly believe, um, you know, in, in the, the gear that go rucks selling yep. in, in what Jocko fuel selling. I've got, hopefully it'll be there by the time I've, I get home. I've got two pairs of origin jeans, uh, you know, cotton grown in America. They, the fabric, they weave it in America. It's sewn in America. It's about as American as a pair of jeans can get. Amen. Should be waiting at the house when I get home today. Um, and uh, and Tuttle Twins, you know, all, all those affiliates. So it's not just a great way to support the podcast, supporting them, but you're going to love what you get from any of those companies, whatever cool. that is. Um, and so links to the affiliates are there. Uh, links to our social media, such as it is. Uh, I have started posting a little bit more on Twitter. I'm probably going to start doing that more. Do I'm just loving what Twitter is about right now. But uh, most of it's on Instagram. Those links are there if that's what you're into. You can buy us a Jocko Go. Uh, just a cool little way to, to throw a little support to the podcast. Uh, but if you if you really want to go the next step, you can uh, become a Patreon supporter. Get yourself a better than average coffee mug if you're at that $10 level. Uh, not this week, but regularly now, uh, Patreon supporters have been able to listen in live to the recordings, which has been a, a really cool uh, benefit. We're going to do some uh, live Q&As uh, here coming up soon with Patreon supporters. So some behind the scenes, some benefits there, and it uh, just helps make the whole podcast happen. And if you're not feeling any of that, what we just talked about, if you just do me the favor and hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button. And, uh, and give us a little review. If it's a thumbs up, if it's five stars, um, it all makes a big difference in helping other people find the podcast. And we appreciate it as always. And uh, with that, any parting words for the people? Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jason. Thanks, buddy. We're out. The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GORUCK. GORUCK designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet. Tested and proven at thousands of GORUCK events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GORUCK brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GORUCK link to learn more about their gear and events. And a portion of every purchase and every event registration you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. Mm -hmm.